When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, presented by Betches Media. This is an exploration of all pop culture, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. We're looking at you, Tom Sandoval. Folks, welcome to an all-new episode of So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. This is your pal Ryan, and this is your Monday episode. How the heck was everybody's weekend? Is everybody doing good? It's Monday. That's the day where you're supposed to still be positive before it slowly dissipates by Tuesday night and Wednesday until where you need the weekend again. I mean, you kind of need the weekend again by Tuesday night, but right now everything's perfect. Nothing is wrong yet. The week is your oyster. It can be any that you possibly want it to be. So let's try to make it a good week, shall we? <laughs> shall we? What am I? I'm a butler. Shall would you shan't you like to have a good week? Um, let, let's try. I'll try it. Listen, I just read today and I took a screenshot. Let me find this screenshot. Supposedly, Mercury, uh, you know, that whole Mercury and retrograde that we blame everything for. Supposedly, it ended on Sunday or, or Saturday. I'm reading this Oracle, uh, this Oracle Twitter post. It says Mercury retrograde ends today as the post shadow period closes. Say goodbye to miscommunications, glitches, fatigue, and any stagnant energies. You're entitled to a new era. Oh, wow. Like Taylor Swift. Quantum abundance flows around you. Your life is about to get a lot better. You're upgrading. I have no clue if any of that is true. I have been through so many Mercury retrogrades in my life, so many Mercury Gatorades. Listen, I love, I love like tweets like this because I'm like, yeah, like I want to buy into that. Is my life going to be great right now? Like maybe, maybe it was all Mercury retrograde this last couple of months. Now everything is going to go smoothly for all of us. So let it start now. By the way, this show is not going to go smoothly, but your life is going to go smoothly. So we're starting off with. Uh, some positivity before we immediately go <laughs> we immediately go negative in like in like 5 to 10 minutes. I want to take this time right at the top of the show to give a special shout out to uh to, to somebody new that has come to join us in this world. Uh I am so excited two of my best friends 
in uh, the world, Matt Beyer and Jessica Wegner. Uh, they've been my friends for a long time, and I even officiated their wedding. I talk about that all the time on this show because it's one of my proudest moments. Like I officiated the shit out of their wedding, and it was during COVID. It was during the pandemic, so it was like a small, tiny wedding. I really wish, I mean, I feel like that should be like an AMC movie, like Taylor Swift eras or Beyonce Renaissance. That should have been live streamed because I really, I really performed the F out of that officiating. Anywho, they, uh, they got pregnant, um, a a little bit ago as you do when, you know, you're in love. Let me explain to you guys how sex works real quick. Happy Monday. No. So anyways, uh, they got pregnant. They had been trying for a bit and, uh, unfortunately Jess had, uh, had some complications and she, uh, she so valiantly, I mean, just fought like hell this week to keep this baby in there to cook a little bit longer because it is a preemie, unfortunately. But um, Bodie Stephen Beyer is uh, this baby's name. He is weighing in at 2.6 pounds, which is so, so little. Um, but uh, he was born on September 30th at 2.42 p.m., but he is doing good. He's doing well. He is in the the NICU, um, but I've seen a lot of pictures of him, and he's just beautiful. And it's like only 2.6 pounds, but you see this little dude, and he's just got the, the most beautiful facial features, and I'm so proud of Jessica and just, just being able to d- deliver this beautiful baby, and she's healthy, and he is he's getting healthier each day. His breathing is supposed great, probably better than my breathing at this point. But I know this, this this is not Bravo related. Even though Jessica is a big Bravo fan, I do want to say our friend uh, Andrea sent Jessica a cameo from Sonia Morgan. And I almost played it on the show last week. I was so worried about this all week last week. I almost played it, but it was like too personal. And, you know, the baby hadn't hadn't been delivered yet. So I was like, oh, I can't blow this spot up. But Sonia, Sonia was like, Jessica, I hope everything's going good in the hospital. You know, I've gone to many hospitals over the years. I've gone to many hospitals over the years, I think for things that are different than what you're there for, but it was like the loveliest message from Sonia Morgan. And she was the over the moon. And I, Andrea was so great to get that for her. And, um, so the baby is is getting healthier each day. I can't wait to be back in Arizona to be able to visit uh, with them and 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 see the, see Bodie. What a what a great name! But because they they te- you know Matt teased that the name started with a B, and I was like I was really hoping for Bailey. I was like you know just out of respect for the amazing officiating I did at their wedding. So I was really clinging to this Bailey as a name. It was kind of. The thing that I've been living for this last no, but it's a Bodie's a cool name, but I mean Bailey's a great name too. Bodie, even a better choice for that. So congratulations to Jessica and Matt, and I'm so proud of my friends. And that really, I was so worried about that this week. You know, isn't it funny, you guys? It's like all this shit that we talk about, uh, about entertainment and reality and pop culture. It really uh, makes us happy and it kind of takes our mind off some of our troubles. You know, all the stuff that's happened with my mom in the last bit and everything that's going on with you guys. We turn to these shows. We turn to this music. We turn to these blind items and all of this stuff. And it provides us this excitement. There's this comfort level that it gives us. And uh, I truly appreciate that now more than ever. But it is weird because you think about it, each one of you guys listening, you probably are dealing with two or three two or three things right now in your life that you are so worried about, you know, and that if you put on like a Taylor Swift song or a Beyonce song, or if you turn on Real Housewives of New York, not to watch Psy, but if you turn on Real Housewives of New York, 
It can take your mind off that for a second. It can get you excited. It can get your heart moving in the right direction. And and hopefully this show can do that for you guys sometimes. Sometimes it can just be a little cringy, but that's good too. So let's go into this week starting strong, starting somewhat positively, and congratulations to Bodie. Um, thank you so much for supporting all these shows. I've, I'm now with Betches. I know you probably are tired of hearing me say it, but I'm going to keep saying it because I'm really proud of it. Thank you for, I, I mean, I released six episodes last week. That's way too many, but there's just too many things to talk about, and I'm just too excited. So you've got a lot to catch up on, I'm sure, and that can be sometimes annoying, especially for a seasoned podcast listener like you guys all are. But today, we're going to have fun. Um, we're going to go right into Sophie Ross with the pop culture roundup. And then after that, we're going to come back because I got a lot of other stories that I want to talk about. I want to talk about NSYNC's new song. Yeah, I want to talk about Love is Blind. I want to talk about The Golden Bachelor. I'm in love with Gary, The Golden Bachelor, right now. There are so many other pop culture items, including right as I was uh, releasing or right as I'm recording this, Beyonce just announced that her concert film that me and Sophie talk about, it's rumored to be with AMC. Well, now it's official. It comes out December 1st and tickets are supposedly on sale right now. I just tried to buy two tickets on AMC and their website was down and it's already December 1st. That's how exciting pop culture can be. Also, me and Sophie do, of course, talk about Taylor Swift at the uh, the Kansas City Chiefs game today. We'll fill you in on more of the information on the flip side after I end with Sophie. I'll let you know how that all turned out because I guess we talk about sports now every week because of Taylor Swift. My God, I didn't think I'd be watching this much sports ever in my life. And how embarrassing is it just for me to be watching just to get a glimpse of Taylor Swift? Like, I have no horse in this race. I do not get any kickback from Taylor Swift about talking to her, talking about her, but I just get so excited because it strings along so many different pop culture elements. I mean, this girl now is hanging out with Hugh Jackman, for the love of God. Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman was at the Kansas City Chiefs game with her. Sabrina Carpenter, Blake Lively. You had uh, Anthony from Queer Eye for the Straight Guy with her. I mean, different people just randomly pop up. It's wild. We'll talk more about it after Sophie, but let's get into this right now. Remember, if you like this show, you support this show, rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, say nice things, Um, you know, let Betches know you, you, you like me with them. Uh, so, I, so they don't like kick me out next week. Cause I really hope that this is, this works out and I hope I'm doing good. And I hope all of that stuff, I hope I'm making my mom proud. So many people, so many of you guys are still reaching out about my mom and it's so amazing. And they're always just like, Oh, I know she's really proud right now. And I, I just, I mean, I can just see her sometimes just shaking her head like, Ryan, what are you? Are you really? But I, I hope, I hope, I mean, who knows what the afterlife is or if they're even in any kind of contact about what I'm doing with a silly podcast, but it's nice to think about. So thank you guys for being here, listening with your ears, watching with your eyes. If you're watching over on YouTube, all of that jazz, but let's get into it. Here she is, the one, the only Sophie Ross with the Pop Culture Roundup. And this is this is pretty fun. This is a really silly one, but I had a blast. And I'll talk to you afterwards. Bye. Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from 30 
$40 performance polos and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. You guys, welcome to an all new week of pop culture and reality television. We start our Mondays in the best way possible with a pop culture roundup, and we have her yet again. It has been two long weeks, but she is now back. In fact, she got to visit me in the Betches offices where all the girls complimented her on all her outfit and everything that she wore. Like, I don't even notice those things. And these girls were like, oh my God, I love your jeans. I love your shoes. I love your shirt. And then uh, she went out and did uh, uh, Man on the Street interviews with me, which was uh, highly scary at times and really amped up my, my sweating. As you guys know, I have an issue with, uh, <laughs> she's, she's, uh, pretty much correct on most of her takes about pop culture. And she is here with us. The one, the only Sophie Ross. But if you're talking about everyone complimenting my outfit, um, I was. Yeah, thank you. yeah, I followed Ryan around like awkwardly. I literally was just like, fo- he was the talent and I was literally just following them around. Um, but it was really fun to just like hang out and watch Ryan do Ryan on the street. It was hilarious, honestly. You killed but it. It is funny though to uh, see how girls interact with other girls and how like I, and I think that's why I always talk about on housewife shows you know, they spend so much time complimenting each other and it's because men don't compliment women as much and women notice every little detail. These women like noticed everything that Sophie was wearing and they were like, oh my God, girl, where did you get this? And I'm sitting here like, Naughty, I, I didn't notice any of that except that Sophie had clothes on. Guys, it wasn't even that good of an outfit. It was like jeans, pointed boots and like a leather bomber jacket and a wool scarf. But like, you know, by the way, I love that she remembers specifically what she was wearing. Like I, I switched between like two t-shirts and like two pair of jeans and like a bomber jacket. Yeah. You were wearing a bomber jacket too. We were twinning. Effortlessly cool. Um, so I just got back to Los Angeles today and I just woke up from a pretty intense nap where I dreamt about Pete Davidson. And then I wake up to the news that Pete Davidson sideswiped his car last night, right after a stand-up comedy show in Los Angeles at the Wiltern. He sideswiped a car right outside of the theater, leaving the theater. What is it with celebrities and not being able to have a drive a flipping car? I feel like with like Britney Spears and Lindsay Lohan, you always heard about them getting into like parking lot, like fender benders or side swiping cars. But it's like in that case, it's because of the paparazzi that was chasing them around in like 2005. Like what paparazzi is genuinely chasing around Pete Davidson? I mean, what paparazzi was chasing around Shannon Bedore? Like, it wasn't like somebody was chasing Shannon Bedore and she ran into a house. My thing is, if you are even close to a D celebrity, take an Uber. Like, even if you are wanting to touch a drop of wine. And and by the way, Pete Davidson has, I don't think he was like, quote unquote, on anything or, but he ran into, Pete Davidson ran into a house a year and a half ago. Do you remember that? Pete, like, stop driving. Do you you know that they all. Do you think he's steering with his dick? (laughs) 
No, because his dick is so large that he should be able to steer comfortably with his dick. That there's no, he's probably just steering with his stupid Wait. small hands and not his large dong. And I, do you know that the house he, uh, slammed into in Beverly Hills, they had to demolish it because Pete hit it at the foundation. He hit the side of the house at the foundation. They had to demolish the whole house. I'll say, again, please. Again, again, please. I did not hear that. You could do, uh-huh. that's one of uh, Meredith Marks's uh, voices. Please Wait, repeat. You know what's funny is that I was FaceTiming my mom earlier. Shout out, Amy. What up, we Amy? Really, we were really sad about the Bengals losing. And she was like, just remember, there are sick people in the hospital right now. And I was like, okay, Meredith Marks, there are yeah. children who wake yeah. up disabled. They will be disabled until the end of time, Sophie. You can leave, Sophie. Wait, the Bengals, I was, like, trying the Bengals to lost again? why she was giving Meredith, but she doesn't watch Salt Lake City. So, like, she was like, okay. Well, the ba- wait, sorry, I got it. Wait, the Bengals lost again? They're not good. Guys, it's a tank year. Time to tank. Joe Burrow, you need to date Taylor Swift immediately if you want to compete in the NFL. Yeah, seriously. Like, the Chiefs have been doing great. Like, she's not bad luck. She's not giving, like, Jessica Simpson, Tony Romo, like, bad juju at all, which is great because I could see a lot of Chiefs fans maybe turning on her if they started to lose all of a sudden. But, like, no. Wait, Sophie. Okay, I, I've, I've been asleep for the last couple hours. Did the Chiefs play yet today? Because I know it's the Jets and the Chiefs, and Taylor was going to the Jets stadium to watch this game. So you know what? I actually, like, turn... Okay, so it's tonight. They play, but it's Sunday at 7 p.m., 7.20 p.m., and they play at 8-something. Okay. It's 8.20 in an hour, so it's Sunday night football. So, like... I'm going to watch it and see if there's a Taylor appearance because there she there should be. She's been in New York. She's been with like Blake Lively. It was like Blake Lively and Sophie Turner and then Hugh Jackman. Like where did he come from? <laughs> Hugh, by the way, Taylor Swift loves hanging out with newly single people because Hugh Jackman is getting a divorce from his longtime wife. So maybe she just hangs out with people that are like on on like the rebound. She's like, um, wait, you know the Watch What Crappens, like Lisa Vanderpump impression, where it's like, no, little broken beds. <laughs> she loves her little broken beds. Uh, when me and Nicolaine, when I hang out with him, we try to help the unfortunate, the underprivileged, like Hugh Jackman and Sophie Turner. Oh, um, <laughs> wait, explain, explain to you're our sports correspondent on So Bad It's Good. I was reading because they, like you said, they all went out last night and they invited the Chiefs quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes. Explain why. What, everybody keeps saying that, like, Brittany and Taylor, they, you know, they shouldn't be friends, but they're kind of friends right now. Explain what the drama is there or why people so they the think drama, they shouldn't get along. The drama is that Brittany Mahomes has a way of really getting under people's skin um, I think that she's just very passionate and I'm guilty of like making fun of her in the past, especially when they play the Bengals because she just like <laughs> talks so much shit. She just talks shit. But then even the Chiefs fans don't like her. So it's like, uh, I don't know. She's just, she's very passionate and very intense and like very obnoxious on social media. 
there was like some some scandal, quote unquote, where she was in her suite during a Chiefs win. And then she was like spraying her champagne and was like getting all over the people in the stands. Kind of like when Timothy, <laughs> Timothy at the Beyonce concert was like ashing his cigarette, like on the plebes <laughs> below. Um, yeah, by the way, when, when Timothy went with Kylie to the Beyonce thing, he was like literally, it wasn't even just vaping. He was lighting full cigarettes. And can you imagine? Because half of the girls would probably want to get ashed on by Timothy Chalamet. But it's still so rude. I would. You're such a freak. And it's also an indoor stadium. It's it's true. I would. But like SoFi is an indoor stadium. So like why were you smoking a cigarette in an indoor stadium, first of all? But um, yeah, and she's always like complaining about like the refs. When calls don't go like the Chiefs way, it's always the refs fault. Like she's just like obnoxious. But I will say that a lot of the like online abuse she gets is definitely like a lot of it is rooted in misogyny. And she's also done a lot of like, I watched, she was on the quarterback show on Netflix that Patrick Mahomes was on. And um, she like opened a Kansas city soccer team, women's soccer league. And like, she's done a lot for the city and for women's sports there. And she also played, I think like college soccer. So she's super competitive. Like I have no problem with her. But I can see why people do. Well, it'll be interesting to see how long this relationship with Travis Kelsey lasts because we've got a long season of football from what I understand. And each week it's going to be Taylor watch now at these stadiums. And like today, is she going to bring her girl gang? Like she like forms like a girl army every couple of years. Like in the old days, it was like Lena, Lena Dunham and, you know, uh, Selena Gomez and all of those ladies. Selena's still in the mix, but now we got Blake Lively. We have uh, uh, Mahomes' wife, potentially. You got Sophie Turner. You got the Heim sisters. For All three of those sisters are, are always seem to be uh-huh. with her. You got Zoe Kravitz, Channing Tatum's uh, girlfriend and uh, amazing actor from Batman. Like, who else is in Taylor's girl gang? Will they all show up to the football stadium today? I don't know. I So apparently a bunch of her, so like Blake... Hugh Jackman, girl gang member, Sophie Turner. <laughs> Apparently, they are going to the game. Um, so I think there will be some celeb sightings. I honestly should have gone to this game, even though I'm not a fan of like either team. I should have gone just to like see. Celebs, yeah, just to see, you know, just to see what it's like. There's a lot of celebs probably at the stadium because of Taylor Swift. On top of it already being football, so celebrities go anyways. Um, Taylor right. Swift, she has that movie, the Eras movie, coming to AMC theaters October October fourteenth, and it's going to open a hundred. Sorry, thirteenth open in a hundred countries. Like every nation is going to have this. But then, exciting news, and this is really cool for movie theaters, is that Beyonce is nearing the close of her deal to take the Renaissance tour to AMC movie theaters as well. And I'm like, hell yeah, find ways to make movie theaters valuable again. Would you go see a Renaissance Beyonce film at AMC theaters? Honestly, like. I don't think that I would pay to see one of these concert films. Like when they come out on streaming, yes. I just like, I don't, I don't, I'm sorry. Like, I don't know why people are paying to like watch a concert, like at a movie theater. Like, I don't really like understand like the appeal, except did you see the new like Las Vegas, like sphere? There was like a YouTube concert there. 
But what she's referring to is that uh, this billionaire, uh, I think his name is James Dolan uh, from MSG, like Madison Square Garden, he created this idea of a sphere a long time ago. They spent $2.4 billion. It's in Las Vegas. And the whole thing is shaped as a sphere. But the ins- uh, the really insane thing is the entire inside and outside is a gigantic L- LED screen. It's kind of like Real Housewives of Orange County, the reunion. They pop up this big photorealistic screen behind the ladies. The whole sphere is like that, but it's also filled with speakers. So it's supposed to be the most amazing sound where each seat gets the same sound. So you two, one of the biggest bands in the world, I know you guys probably, you kids don't know enough about you two like you should. They are doing a residency and they were the first musical act at the sphere and it premiered Friday night. And if you saw some of the TikTok videos of this, it's in, it's like an acid trip come to life. I mean, it was amazing, right? What you saw? Yeah, it actually looked insane. And I love the tweets that are like, I want to watch Real Housewives here. Like, <laughs> like I would watch things there. If there were like a Taylor Swift or Beyonce, like if the concert films, it's like it's like Che Diaz comedy concert. Like, what do you even call like a concert film? Like if they were played there, I would maybe like see them, pay to see them. Well, now you've got me thinking about seeing Che Diaz live at the Sphere. What up, everybody? How it's me, Che. What's going on? Are you guys seeing me in 360? Yeah, I'm here for all the people out there. Yeah. Um, I, I by the way, I have tickets to go see you two at the Sphere in December, and I am so excited. But I'm one of those U2 fans, and I posted about it, and so many people in like DMs were like. Um, is you two good? Like, do you, like, do you even know a YouTube, my friend, Janet, Janet Elizabeth, I'll bust you out. Who's on the new Vanderpump Valley. She DM me. She's like, do you actually know any YouTube fans? I was like, Janet, I am a YouTube fan. And then she unfollowed me, but no, uh, no, she didn't. She didn't unfollow me, but I was like, I'm a YouTube fan. And they have like the visuals on this thing. Even if you don't like whoever's performing in there, I think it's a once in a lifetime experience. I don't think anything's been done like this in terms of performance, with the stadium itself you're like am i a youtube fan pull up in the sri lanka yeah well what does this tattoo of bono say to you does it say fan or does this just say casual acquaintance of the band no i mean (laughs) i i I genuinely but i hate that when like you get older and then people don't understand like the the grip that you two i mean it's not the grip that taylor swift had on but they were just insanely popular and they're playing this entire album octung baby from the 90s that i just thought was just as a kid i was like this is awesome this was like real like rock and roll for me at the time and uh it's hysterical to like see by the way diana jenkins from beverly hills real housewives of beverly hills was there on friday night oh how do you know that because like she was posting like it's me diana jenkins i'm seeing bono bono is one of my friends she was with uh (laughs) neil patrick harris and her husband but then all these like celebrities were there you had like kate hudson dr dre oh my god Neil Patrick Harris, as if I needed another reason to think that Neil Patrick Harris is like an extremely shady person. Yeah. And, and you had, well, they're best buddies with her and Asher, her husband, her singer husband. They all her four husband, of them, Neil, Neil Patrick Harris, his husband, Diana Jenkins and Asher were all together. Wait, I have a question. So when the U2 album like appeared on everyone's iPhones, were you like the only person that was like excited about it? Well, okay. So listen. 
My <laughs> so what she's referring to is when Apple like unveiled like the new operating system at one point, they just decided to put the new U2 album on it. Nobody had to pay for it. It just showed up. But the fact is, it just showed up. You didn't have a choice whether you got it or not. My mom, rest in peace, Becky Bailey, was livid. She was like, why is this on my phone? Like she didn't really even listen to music on phone. So she was scared that she downloaded some kind of virus and it was just a U2 album. But yeah, like I, I thought that was a bad move. Like I love U2, but I thought it was a horrible move because people want like choice. People want control and putting something on without any choice and taking up somebody's precious memory space on their phone is horrible. So that, I thought that was a bad move. <laughs> did what? Did you like the U2 album on your phone back in the day? No, no. <laughs> I also like, I feel like you're like an elder millennial. Yeah. Well, like Kim, you Karda- an, you're like an- Kim Kardashian, you guys like, did, well, you didn't watch the yeah. new episode of the Kardashians, did you? No, I just oh. saw the clips that were going around. I know we talked about this a little so, bit on oh my um, God. Thursday. You've got to watch it because the first scene is her and Courtney on the phone in a fight. And, you know, Courtney for, you know, listen, I don't like, I don't, I think I'm not neither t- team Kim or team Courtney, but in this I'm team Courtney just because Kim is basically just throwing like just wants Courtney to feel bad about herself nonstop. And it comes out that Kim goes, you know, we have a separate text thread with, with all of our family and your friends where they don't know how to deal with you. And the text thread is named not Courtney. And Courtney was like, well, that's fine. You can have that. I figured you did anyways, but I think that's fucking ridiculous. And then Courtney Kardashian's friends, they all posted. They're like, I'm not a part of this. Like Simon Huck, you know, her big, like, you know, stylist for her hairstylist friend. He's like, he's like, I'm not a part of this, you know, or makeup person, whoever Simon Huck is. Sorry, Simon. But that's ridiculous. Kim, Whoever a Simon go- Huck is, honestly. Kim, no, I know he's, <laughs> but Kim goes for blood. Kim goes for blood. And I think Courtney is not nearly as equipped for fame that as Kim is. Kim's like a Terminator. And I just think it really showed in that moment what Kim is. And Courtney's like, dude, you will stop at nothing for fame. You will stop at nothing. You will, you know, you will just plow through anybody, whether it be family, friends, whatever. And there are really hard truths in that first scene. Um, but it's just, it was so intense. But imagine if, I mean, if your family had a not Sophie text thread entitled not Sophie. That's so mean. Like, that's the thing. And I know we talked about this on Thursday. Like, I just think it's so like, how is that helpful to be like, I care about you. And that's why I'm going to tell you that everyone in your life hates you, including your children. (laughs) Like, that's so mean. And bringing the kids into it is so mean. Like, and I, you know what? I feel like when we talked about it, I was like, I am team Courtney because Kim was just so brutal on that call and so mean at the same time. Yeah. So I feel like since our conversation on Thursday, I now, I was firmly team Courtney. I'm still like leaning team Courtney, but I'm also just team no one, like you said, because like Courtney time and time again complains about how much she hates her family, hates like working on the show, hates being famous, like all these things, but she doesn't leave. Like she signs the contract. Like we see that it's possible for a Kardashian family member to disappear from the spotlight. Rob. Yeah, so it's like if she Rob, really yeah. wanted to 
if she really wanted to like leave the spotlight and if she really hated it, like she could, she could just disappear, but she loves, I think she truly deep down loves the attention and loves the limelight and also loves the money, obviously. So it's like, I I don't know. I find it hard to feel bad for Courtney sometimes, although I did feel really bad for her on that phone call, obviously. Yeah, exactly. And also I think just like Kim knows how to do this business way better and certain people aren't equipped. And Kim, time and time again, I think the true love of her life is celebrity and fame. I think that's just what it is. And I don't think she needs to apologize for that, but she's working on a different level. Even those shots at Fashion Week overseas this week, with her and Anna Wintour, you can just tell she has glee of like, oh, good. The cameras are picking up me next to Anna Wintour. Like, you know, she knows these moments and she craves these moments. And Courtney, I think, is just like a lot of us where we get exhausted just getting out of bed in the day. And like, we can't think of all these photo ops we want to get. And Kim is thinking 10 steps ahead. But to what, you know, what's the whole purpose behind this? Like, what does Kim hope to gain? Is she hope to be the number one celebrity that ever has been? Like what, what is the end result? Because at the end of the day, she doesn't have a talent like Taylor Swift. I think it is like an addiction. It's like, once you get a taste of like the, the fame and the fortune and the attention, like you just continue to crave it and you do anything to like get that. Yep. Um, and also Courtney was like, had the most normal life for the longest out of all of the Kardashian children. Yep. So it's like, I think that she still has that, like just normal being like a normal nobody. She, I think she was like 27 when the show first premiered. So I don't know, but I will say I'm pleasantly surprised and you know, I'm the last person to like ever compliment Kim Kardashian's acting skills, but I'm pleasantly surprised by her American Horror Story performance. Listen, it is, by the way, her American Horror Story performance, it's like, it's like a combination of like bitchy with Bryn from Real Housewives of New York that just likes saying things like clit and like the C word and like, I'm going to talk in sexual innuendos. (laughs) So it's, by the way, it's a, it's a really easy, not easy, it's hard, but it's a, it's a perfect role for Kim because the dialogue is so ridiculous ridiculous you can like she does it yeah. well but you can tell it's coat like I, I i know exactly i mean i can just see the the beats in these so it's like really it's a really good role for her like yeah. she can be snotty and bitchy i think i read somewhere is like she she uses that role it's like she's perfect at being bitchy because she's just thinking about like talking to courtney in those scenes and then she can yeah. turn on that courtney voice so apparently the role was like written specifically for her and also she plays like this like very wealthy like Hollywood power broker like publicist basically like Kris Jenner and like (laughs) it's like she could never play someone who's not wealthy because she has like the Instagram face oh my god like she has she could never play like a normal person you know wouldn't you now wait now you say i want to see kim kardashian playing like some drug addicted poor no. person like i like uh maybe size no, life story see, from roni no i want to see her playing um the character that ann hathaway played in les mis <laughs> <laughs> can you hear the people sing sing the songs I of dream, dream of time gone by. 
fuck you, Connie. Like, he's like a peasant, a peasant, like, like lady of the night in revolutionary France. Wait, could De Niro and all these actors do this? I want to see Kim gain 80 pounds for a role. I want to see well, Kim. No, can, you, can you imagine her in like a period piece? Like, it just like would be so funny. <laughs> Kim, Dame Kim Kardashian in Sense and Sensibility 2. Jane Austen is rolling in her grave over like, Kim's like, Thou doweth think my nipples are hard in this coterie dress? Like, it's ridiculous. Wait, but like, what if she actually does get nominated for an Emmy? Like, what happens then for this role? She, I mean, well, I, just, I don't think it's going to be this role, but I do believe this is a warm up to an HBO Max, like, uh, you know, big series for her. I think. And by the way, what happened to being a lawyer? She dropped that like a 10, like she passed the baby bar no more because acting is way easier than being a lawyer. We don't see her studying for this bar exam anymore. She passed the baby bar, but studying lines is way more fun and you get way more out of it for a celebrity. But I think, I think she will definitely eventually get nominated for something, even if it's like a blockbuster video award. That's so alarming. But yeah, I mean, I don't disagree. When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going. But there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So, the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Okay, the last two things in the Kardashians before we move on that Sophie didn't get to see, but let me tell you. It gets uh, brought up that Corey Gamble, Kris Jenner's lo- longtime lover, says that he got offered a role on the TV show Yellowstone, but Chris didn't let him take it. What the fuck was, who the hell was Corey Gamble going to play on Yellowstone? Like, he was like, we got a new ranch hand, Buck. You know, we got Fred here. And it's like, what's up? Like, who is Corey Gamble going to play on Yellowstone? Who the fuck was Corey Gamble going to play on Yellowstone? Okay, I don't watch Yellowstone, but what I know about it is that it takes place, like, on a ranch, right? Yes, it's on a ranch. In Yellowstone, Kevin Costner, you got this guy, I'm forgetting his name, like, Brick or something, you know, it's all, like, rough-and-tumble cowboys, and I would kill to see Corey Gamble act in Yellowstone. What if all the Kardashians now pivot? Corey Gamble in his like silk Dolce and Gabbana, like yes. he's in his flowy, his flowy yacht outfits on the ranch. 
his caftan. <laughs> um, and then the other thing that gets brought up in this episode that Khloe Kardashian is deathly afraid of whales. She's afraid of whales. And she says, you know, they're just disgusting because, and then she's like scared that a whale's going to come up to their place in Cabo and eat her. It's completely rid- ridiculous. And then she says her daughter true will draw pictures of whales to like, like to like mess with her. And then they show the pictures of the whales. But I will say Sandra Fryer, who works on this show set, like sent me a clip from an earlier season of keeping up with the Kardashians with, um, with Caitlin and Chloe, where Caitlin was like, yeah, the whales, we can see the whales from here. Chloe, Joe. And Chloe was like, Oh, cool. Chloe wasn't scared of whales in this keeping up with the Kardashians episode. So when did Chloe all of a sudden become scared of whales in the last eight years? When did I, I saw this clip and I was, I couldn't believe Sandra remembered this clip, but she was not scared at all. She was talking with Caitlin about the whales. Caitlin like, yeah, whales are beautiful, Chloe. And Chloe did not like, Chloe was just like, cool. Let's see some whales. Isn't that wild? Do you think she got, do you think it it got pitched to her to have a phobia of whales for the show? First of all, I missed your, I missed your Caitlin Jenner impression. Oh my God. I'm sorry. I'm still laughing at the Caitlin Jenner impression. I yeah, just like, missed baby. it. I, I haven't been around in a while. Wait, wait. I'm doing a documentary about how <laughs> Chloe lied about the fucking whales. <laughs> she loved whales with me. We would do whale watching. It's me, Caitlin. It's it's a really weird phobia to have. And yeah, that's that's hilarious that that clip got got dug up. Yeah, I'm going to post that clip. her claim of having here. Which, by the way, you guys, if you know me and everyone who listens to the show knows that I love, like, CGI, like, animal movies. Like, <laughs> Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, like, Jurassic World, <laughs> that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, a big fan of The Meg. The Meg 2 is now on HBO. I almost bought it. I almost rented it for $20 a couple weeks ago. And now it's free on HBO. If you have Max, Max, I mean. So Oh my God. That would have du- that would have doubled how much that movie made in the cinema. They would have been $40 if Sophie had bought that you you're the one that like you're like, gotta see the Meg 2. We've got by the way, Sophie always watches all the Liam Neeson straight to Netflix movies too. And yes. she swears by them. She's like, yes. these are really good. Correct. Um, what did you think of Kendall Jenner and Kendall Jenner and her boyfriend, bad bunny doing a Gucci campaign together? Did you see that? It just reinforced my existing belief that I think they're a PR relationship. And yeah, that's just, I, I feel like they're a PR relationship and she's still allergic to serving. How are you you so private in your like actual life with this relationship, but then you're like spreading yourself everywhere on a Gucci campaign with bad bunny. Like, I know it's good money, obviously, but if you are private in your relationship, why choose to monetize it at all? Yeah, I think it's, it's for PR and it has been this whole time. And that's just. That's my opinion. It's my opinion. No, I, I, I just think that's completely very Kardashian Jenner. And I don't, I just think it's weird because they like talk about wanting to be private. Bad bunny really won't talk about Kendall Jenner and him in the press. He says it's very private, but then they do this huge Gucci campaign together. It just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I'm like either pick one lane or the other, but it's weird to all of a sudden like plaster yourself as a couple on a Gucci campaign. 
And as, okay, so yeah. I watched this um, Apple documentary, docu-series, The Supermodels, last weekend. Four parts about Cindy Crawford, Chrissy Turlington, Naomi Campbell, and uh, Linda Evangelista, and I loved it. But I, I even noticed, I'm not into fashion, but like... Kendall Jenner is not a good runway walker, is she? Like, or whatever, like a runway model. I, I was watching her no, all the foreign what, fashion what shows. That? Wait, so if that was good, I'm adding that to my list because um, I have heard good things about it. Kendall, yeah, Kendall's not good at walking. And she also just doesn't. And I know that like, I might sound biased because I have beef with Kendall. And like, I have for years now since she blocked me on Twitter in like 2017, Um, so I know I'm like a little bit biased, but like, she's not a good model. And you know, what's funny is that I remember, cause I used to work at Harper's Bazaar magazine back in 2014 and 2015. Okay. So that was one of my first jobs out of college. Um, I remember she had this whole centerfold and this was back when Kendall was like, you know, it was 2014. She was kind of like just starting out as like this model. And I was flipping through like the centerfold and I was like, her eyes are dead. Her eyes are dead. And no one listened to me. No one listened to me. They were like, what do you mean? She's serving or like whatever the word was in 2014. Like no one listened to me when I said that she wasn't a good model. And now look, now look at her. But wait, wait, wait. But okay. But she's walking that I'm not playing devil's advocate here, but she's walking the biggest runway shows. She's like all of the, like, you have your ears to the streets though, is to like, does, does anybody, there's gotta be a huge contingent that thinks she's amazing at this. I just don't even see it. When I see her walk, no, I just don't see anything. She has what? Like 300 million Instagram followers. You compare yeah, sure, that like to that. the second most followed model in the world. Maybe Gigi Hadid, who has maybe like 70 million something. Like she has such a staggering amount of followers and gets Anything the family does gets so much publicity. It's, you know, it's unfortunately in the modeling industry today, having followers is what gets you, you know, clout. So you see people that aren't, they don't have that it factor like Linda Evangelista and Naomi Campbell and all the 90s supermodels had because those girls were genuinely just the most purely talented models of that time you could be the most gorgeous talented model in the entire world and if you have i don't know like a thousand instagram followers how do you compete you can't so that's just like a reality and i know you know some people that are in the modeling world that have said that that's what it is is that at castings they will ask you your instagram follower account or whatever it is yeah a lot of them purchase followers just to try to keep up. So because Kendall like gets cast and like encloses like Scaparelli shows and all of that doesn't mean that she's like talented. Well, the docu-series makes a point of those supermodels, those four women. I mean, they really took that runway and modeling to that next level that mm-hmm. they didn't even know it could get to. But then the reaction to that was that they almost became too big where certain designers didn't want to use them because it started to overshadow their clothes and their designs. And what's interesting now is Cindy Crawford points out in the last episode was that like, listen, now with social media, we didn't have social media back then. Yeah. Right. She goes right now. I'm just known as Kaya's mom, Kaya Gerber's mom. And everybody has a phone. Everybody can be a model now. It's just not the same. Everybody can paint their own picture of how they look, what their beauty is. And in a lot of ways, that's good because beauty is starting to open up more of like, it's for everybody. It's for plus size people. It's for every gender, every uh, ethnicity, everything like that. 
you know, that's the good thing about social media. But there was a time in the 90s where it was dominated by these women and it's just not the same. So it's interesting to see people like Kendall, Kendall Jenner and the Hadids. Those are the ones we throw to now when we talk about supermodels. And I just don't know what the reality of that situation. It'll like it'll never have the impact that those four ladies did in the 90s. Yeah. No, it's true. But like, also, I remember just hearing about those supermodels growing up, how like they would all get discovered at like a Midwestern mall, for instance, like models yes. would always get discovered yes. like at the mall. Like, so I would walk around the mall, like thinking I was going to get this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I grew up in Kansas. And I will tell you, I had elaborate fantasies, not of being discovered as a model, but I had elaborate fantasies of being discovered. Like, I really just thought like, Wow. Like I had an elaborate fantasy of being cast as Robin in a Batman movie. And I just like, I don't know how it's, I don't know how it's going to happen, but it's going to happen. And I was like the biggest fucking nerd. Like I didn't really have many friends growing up. And like, you you can tell they were all girls and they all like had like, I mean, by the way, it's the discussions we have every week. That was me growing up. It would be about new kids on the block and whatever boy band. And they would just let me tag along with this group of girlfriends that lived on my street. But I had these elaborate fantasies of being discovered. And my grandma in Columbus, Ohio, she worked for this Jewish department store named Schottenstein's. And she did like the, the modeling for the newspapers. And she one time used me as a shoe model when I was 12 years old. And you guys, I thought I was fucking like Linda Evangelista. I was like, and I even had a whole bit as a 12 year old. I had the ad and I would take it with me to school. I'd be like, you can tell it's my feet because it smells. <laughs> like I had a whole joke with it. I thought I was the shit after one shoe ad. Oh my God. I'm obsessed with that. I also love how you didn't like fantasize about being like Batman. You fantasized about being like the sidekick. Yes, I was. I just, I just had a fantasy. No, I mean, like that was it. Would you know, being in Kansas, it was just the thought of like you know, growing up in Cincinnati, you can't comprehend sometimes yeah. being a part of Los Angeles. Or yeah, I mean, you probably well, you made it, Ryan. Just for the record, you have made it in Los Angeles in the biz. Yeah, so yeah, in the biz. I think yes. that little that little kid in Kansas would be very proud. Well, but Sophie, when you grew up in Cincinnati, and I think it's probably different because I think you are more headstrong than I am and confident. Did you picture yourself? like making it in the big city of New York city. Like, was that on your, like, Oh, I can do that. Or was that a big uh, hurdle for you to have to get over to convince yourself that you could do it? No, that actually was something that I would think about all the time. Like growing up in like the Midwest, I was like obsessed with moving to New York one day. I was obsessed with like fashion magazines. I would make collages on my wall and like Anna Wintour, like, I always thought it was going to be the next Anna Wintour. And then meanwhile, when I actually entered the magazine industry in New York and realized you get paid less than minimum wage more often than not, um, I was like, that's not... I take the money instead. So I yeah. pivoted a little bit. But, like, yeah, I feel like that was, like, you know, dreaming of the big city being, like, a little Midwestern kid. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um uh, pivot, pivoting now to Bravo a little bit, Sophie, this unfortunately will be our last episode as I have to quit the podcasting business because Tom Sandoval has entered the podcasting game with his new hit podcast. Everybody loves Tom. Uh, Sophie, are you scared shitless out of your mind that he's just put us out of work completely? We're, we're out of business. 
I mean, so, for, first Jax, you know, you got Dodie, you got Jax, you got Sheena, you got Lala, you know, you, you have all of these. And then Tom comes in just at the right moment because there's not enough podcasts out there and he just kills the game. He busts it wide open. It's something new. It's something different. Did you listen to this podcast? No, I still haven't listened to it, but I know you did. So yeah. give, us, give us the recap. Dude, what's up, dude? It's me, Tom. Has everybody having a good summer? Rock and roll, dude. No, okay. So the the important information you want to know about this is that he's not drank supposedly since April. I don't know if he's done any drugs, but he says he stopped drinking in April. And so he did all of those. He did that entire tour sober, which is really scary in retrospect to look at some of those videos because I could have. I was like, shit, dude. I, I would have been wasted if I was doing that. But the whole thing is fine. Like he he does some very serious topics about. Uh, potentially being uh, suicidal. So I want to trigger warn people on that. And there is a hotline you can call if you are having any thoughts about anything like that. I believe it's 988. I'll put that in the show notes. But that's very serious. And if anybody even jokes about it, the, the, a lot of people were like, well, Tom's a liar. He's going to say anything that he says to gain sympathy. I don't know. You got to take it, take it at fate, face value. If anybody says anything like that, but it's weird. He talks about not drinking, but then he has his best friend, Kyle Chan on the jewelry designer who now has a whiskey business. And I'm like, that's some mixed messaging. Like I'm sober, but here's my friend's whiskey. And then he jokes about taking a sip of it. And he does take a sip of it, but it must have been like a mocktail, I'm guessing. So I don't know, like, I'm, I have curiosity about that. But once again, the whole 43 minutes, it still doesn't seem like he's taking any personal responsibility for anything that he's done. And it seems like it's more done to him and that he's had to withstand this brutality, which I understand that it's been very intense, all of our reactions, obviously. But I now am at the point where, like, Tom, you've made now, you've made enough money off of this as well. You've not made Ariana money, but right. you've made money. You've been Special Forces season two. You're you're the diver on the Mass Singer. I hate to break that to everybody if you didn't know it. Uh, you got the podcast. He's starting a Patreon. He did his tour, and it's almost like he wants to be patted on the back for still doing the tour because you know he was paying all of these people, which is fine. So his staff, you know, Tom should be a hero too, but nobody else, none of us needed any of this other stuff. So I still think there's like some wide. Um, wide swaths of things that he should he should actually be taking accountability for and i just don't think he's at that right. place and rachel i mean think about it i don't i'm not team rachel at all but she went into 3 months of like mental health like a mental health facility tom went on the road like you know tom didn't do anything near like what you should be doing if you've created this kind of wave and if you have this certain pattern in your life with women it doesn't seem like he's looked into he's even scratched the surface on any of that. And now we should just feel bad for him and be like, yay, you're keeping going. It's like, it's all self-serving at the end of the day. He's so insufferable. And also I have questions about his sobriety because I've also read that people have for sure seen him drinking recently. And like during filming, he was drinking. So like, I have questions about that. So people have said that they have definitely seen him drink in recent months and even during filming. So I have questions about the sobriety thing. Like, do we for sure believe him? I don't know. I don't want to question that, someone like that. Yeah. But. 
But isn't that the thing that sucks, though, is when you're a proven liar on these shows, you start to question everything that person does, not just Tom Sandoval, but anybody in these shows, you start to question their actual being able to tell the truth. And listen, there's always three sides to the story. I'm curious. I'm just curious if he'll continue to do this and really commit to it. Like he's talking about doing a Patreon where he recaps old episodes and like, I just am curious, like Jason Bader, his drummer is producing the show. That's great. But I just think it's going to be a really tough road to hoe for him. You know, we'll see about that. I wonder what's going to happen because didn't weren't there rumors that like he was going to be on the outs of like Schwartz and Sandy's also like I don't know. Well, the rumor is he's getting bought out of Schwartz and Sandy's. That's the rumor. Uh, I heard Greg, the co-owner of that, who we saw in this past season, was really livid about all of this. So that is what I've heard. The word on the street is that he's getting bought out. And if you notice, he doesn't wear Schwartz and Sandy's merchandise anymore. Uh, he doesn't wear that hat. He doesn't. He's wear. Is, he wears like Tom Tom. What Schwartz is Schwartz still in it? Or Schwartz, no? Schwartz is still in it. Schwartz is still in it. But I'm sure wow. we'll find out more about that. Also, I want to tell people about the something about her store. There was that rumor going around that like it was just for the show. It is not just for the show. It's just that the city of West Hollywood, the business that was in there before, had a patio there that it wasn't part of. Like they didn't get approved to have a patio, so they did all of this. The city came out to look at it and said, "You can't have this patio." jutting into the sidewalk. So they've now had to tear the entire patio out. They had to redo everything. It was supposed to be the season finale of the show and they were not able to do that. And so they don't like they have new plans submitted, but it's going to take months for this place to open. now. In the market for investment worthy bags, watches and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, tell me what you think about Southern Charm this past week. Oh, Taylor is a fucking liar. I do Taylor not... is a liar. One with the mustache, Taylor. Yeah, like I just do not trust her. Um, Olivia was clearly really hurt. And I think yeah. that like Shep is, even though he won't want to admit it, is probably deeply hurt by Austin. It's like more so like the friendships um that you know they're they're kind of like breaking that code between friends and i also hate how taylor like brings she brings like christianity into it where she's like i swear on the bible or like whatever it's like you're such a liar like she's such a liar um i also think madison is like super boring i really don't care about watching madison unless she's like blackout like like emotionally abusing Austin, you know, <laughs> that's, that's where she really thrives is when she emotionally abuses all Madison, 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 you're insane right now. 
Well, so at the very end, though, Olivia and Taylor have this conversation where it really does come out that Taylor did think like, oh, should we try this as a couple? I talked to my family about it. And we see like, you know, Olivia really breaks down in her car about this. It really does. Like that's I mean, I don't know girl code, but it seems like that goes way against girl code. No, it does. I think. And also I was like reading Reddit or something like just Southern Charm chatter And it was about how Olivia, I think, was really confused by, like, Austin, like, being into her one second and then, like, kind of, like, ghosting her, like, the next. And I wonder if she's thinking about the timeline of everything and being like, oh, my God, did Taylor have something to do with Austin, like, retreating from our relationship? Like, that's really hurtful. Comments by celebs, I was listening to their take on it, and they said that Taylor and Austin are in-game, and I was like, no, they aren't. Like, they are not in-game. Austin would never be able to... Austin wants to believe in his head that he'd be able to commit. He would not be able... Like, not right now. Austin is not going to be able to commit to anybody for five more years, at least, and it's not going to be Taylor. I don't think it's in-game. I just think the show presents them as, like, really caring for each other when Austin was able to care for her last season because he wasn't committed to her. So he was able to be a good friend that doesn't mean they're in game I agree and I think he also has this weird fetish with like hurting Shep by going after like women that have dated or been with Shep yeah they have that clip yeah they they showed like the Chelsea thing from like a couple seasons ago like I feel like it's like a fetish with Austin that he like has to prove that he's better than Shep maybe because he's insecure and like doesn't have a trust fund I don't know. I, I'm just like psychoanalyzing here. Oh, no, please. But um, yeah, I feel like if Taylor never dated Shep, I doubt he'd be interested. If we're being honest. Yeah, I mean, I think if it really I think if it really came down to it, he wouldn't be able to commit the way that Taylor wants a commitment. And I just think you're in the wrong town for that at all, Taylor. Like none of those you right. need to get out of that guy group entirely if you're looking for a commitment of but one of she them. Won't because she wants to be on the show, and that's why she quit her. Um, what was it? A dental assistant job? Dental like, assistant. And now she's selling, she uh, you know, dental assistant. She wants to be on Southern charm. So yeah, <laughs> who wouldn't want to be on Southern charm? Now you're going to hate this Sophie, but I will, uh, this is a Craig story is that Paige DeSorbo was on, uh, maybe the toast or something. And somebody sent me the no- some notes that they were talking and Paige said that she is teaching Craig how to be like better at like, uh, picking up rumors and really getting into it. And now she's taught Craig to write in a notes app like Jessel does on Real Housewives of New York. And then Craig reports back to Paige during like fights and stuff. But I think that's ridiculous because I think Craig has been a good gossip from day one. Craig's yeah, always known how to gossip. He, what are you talking yeah, I about? I don't think you need to teach Craig how to gossip. Like he's been able to gossip. So that's something that like I would definitely- Paige needs to that's learn that's a that's a good idea actually to teach my boyfriend because like many like many men not named Craig like many straight men not named Craig or Ryan um they don't care about the gossip for some reason and I'm like oh so like your friend and like his girlfriend broke up like why who dumb too and he's like I don't know I didn't ask like why why would you not ask 
What do you mean? <laughs> That's the next question. Yeah. Why well, does it mean? Exactly. I mean, it would be, it, you would think, but I think Craig is so good at this already. So like Paige, I think you need to take notes from Craig, not the other way around, because I think Craig is killing it being a good yeah. town gossip. I agree. I agree. What if you, Craig is reporting back about his friend and girlfriend breaking up. He'd be like, yeah, <laughs> so she broke up with him because she actually was hooking up with the bartender. <laughs> I, I gotta tell you though, I hate it. I'm a big Craig fan this season. I'm a Craig fan. I don't know. Like, I'm not a Craig fan in the he sense that I want to do. Put it on. Like, yes. you love him on Southern Charm, but then on shows like Winter House and Summer House, where the cameras are always watching him, he sucks. It shows the true side of him. But on Southern Charm, he knows how to like turn it on and like be that character, you know? He's so necessary on Southern Charm. What do you yeah. think about the new guy, JT? I love that he's like a little, a little shitster. I love that he calls his mom mommy. I love he's like, mommy, mommy, I had a bad night, mommy. I drank so much, mommy. I'm just going to go back to, and he's like a slumlord for Airbnb. He's like, has all these areas. He goes, mommy, I got a showing later. I'm just real wrecked. I got to get back to bed, mommy. Mommy. And he also like needs to pick a struggle. He like is like really (laughs) short. And like, <laughs> like clearly has like a Napoleon complex. Like he's just he's, he's and by the way, you have to be in scenes with Austin. You already know he's pissed off because you know he's yeah. the one that called out the Austin Taylor relationship. Yeah, and he clearly like is in love with Taylor. JT is, and Taylor like has totally friend zoned him because he's like JT. Yes. And like, like, like that's, you know, he makes money he has a good, like good whole life. But like, you know, he hates that he has to be competing with like a six, five man like Austin. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and even like chef, I think is pretty tall or decently tall. Um, okay. Moving on to real housewives of Salt Lake city. I think they've had two back to back great episodes. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Appointment viewing. My, my little name today on Riverside is little girl. What do you think about, see, I think Mary Cosby's perfect on the show. What do you think that she only does scenes in the Sprinter van? Do you care that she doesn't get involved with the other ladies? You know what? If you asked me this a week ago, I would say she's not necessary on the show because what's your point? If you're just not going to partake in the activities, but she liked my tweet the other day. So now I'm going <laughs> to That's all it takes. It's all it takes, That's folks. All... It's all it takes. By the way, Kindle, if you unblock uh, Sophie and like something of her calling you a horrible... I'll become your biggest defender. Yeah. I have no you know, backbone. She's great. She's really... Skipperelli, that's... She, they, she, they, she was good this week. Yeah. No, uh, well, I think Mary Cosby's great in those little moments because I think it's like a good yeah. diversion from the actual storyline. Like, she doesn't... I don't want Mary Cosby storylines. I just want her to talk shit about these women and go, I don't yes. want you talking to me. Take me to McDonald's. I love that. Yes. She's definitely better as a friend of than a main cast member. A hundred percent. And she's like, she's like just an alien. She's so strange That's and it. like hate them. Yes. Like she really is. Like it is, it is entertaining and funny to watch. Yes. Um, what do you think about the Lisa Barlow Monica fight where Monica's like, you talk about money, your $60,000 ring all the time. Where do you stand in this war? I mean, I get where Monica's coming from. I could sure. see why that's frustrating. Lisa, I understand like we want our real housewives to be rich. And Lisa's like, I'm not going to apologize for being rich or like whatever she said. But also like real rich people are not talking about 
money as much as Lisa Barlow is. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know. Like I, I, I'm not, I'm not really team anyone. I'm just trying to point out the fact that a real genuinely wealthy person is not going to be like, Oh my God, my $60,000 ring, my $60,000 glam squad, which by the way, like I, like, why is everything sixty thousand dollars? I know like, that's exactly. what I said. It's a, such a specific dollar. I said yeah. so. So essentially, she's out one hundred and twenty thousand dollars on this Palm Springs trip because she lost the ring, and then she pays sixty thousand dollars for glam because, like, I I want my glam. Like, it is so crazy, but at the same time, I love Lisa Barlow so much. Like, I yeah, love what I, she I brings to too. it. She's unapologetically herself. Yeah, she's like, it's my fucking face. Yeah, like, um, you don't get it. You don't get it, John. They, I use my makeup. And then I love when the producer came in and the, she's like, you you guys know I'm the best sport. Uh, listen to me, you guys. And the lady, the poor producer's like, we do listen to you, Lisa. We listen to you a lot. Well, I need my, I need my glam tonight, please. I love it. It so funny. And then- a lot of people on Twitter are saying that it was like shady on the producer's part to show kind of like a zoomed up, like, Oh yeah. Her face. Yeah. Of Lisa getting her makeup done. So she didn't, she wasn't really wearing any because she was in the middle of getting it done. And you can see, it was just like really bad lighting and you could just see a lot of wrinkles and people were like, Oh my God, that's so shady on, on, you know, the producer's part. And I'm like, it's literally her face. Like, it is what she looks like. And, you know, a lot of people were like, oh, my God, I can tell why she she doesn't want to be seen without makeup. Uh, which I think is so fucked up because if if someone like Lisa, a real housewife, is going to get blown up with fillers or Botox, the viewers are going to make fun of them for that, too. So it's like women just can't win. You can't and win. God. And Lisa Barlow really still is one of the most attractive women out there. And, and Lisa Barlow has a more than healthy self-esteem. So it is yeah. interesting. We do try to knock those people that have really healthy self-esteems down a peg. I just didn't really care about that part of it at all. I thought the joke for me was just refusing to do, uh, you know, drag glam. I thought that was funny in itself. I didn't really care about the shady shots. You know, editors do shady trolls, which I find interesting in terms of like showing yeah. flashbacks. But those looks things, I'm like, neither here nor there like sometimes it, it sometimes I think those are funny and useful and I didn't find it this time at all and I was shocked that that actually became a little bit of a Twitter conversation what did you think about Heather Gay the last episode uh literally puking and pissing herself and then uh the next morning being like boot scoot and rally let's keep going and it reminded me of like Sophie have you uh ever gotten that sick into club or in a sprinter van because you used to really go hard on yes. the weekends Yes. Um, I remember like not so long ago, maybe like two, two and a half years ago, I was at a bar in Lower East Side and I puked in, in like a glass. No, like at the table because I couldn't make it to the bathroom. Tight. Um, so it wasn't that long ago that, you know, I was, I was Heather Gay. And yeah. also, by the way, I don't think that she was peeing herself. I've seen a lot of debate about this. I think no. she was vomiting and like so some of it like through. Sophie, you are so wrong that it is like this is Sophie. Well, I've watched it now a thousand times. She pukes and the force of the puke made her pelvic flooring loose. It is such a it's an extreme 
piss uh, drip. It is not puke at all. The puke goes into the bag. The pee comes out of her crotch. You can see it very clearly. I've watched it up close many times. I know. I'm like, now I need to watch it like the Zapruder film, I guess. I need to rewatch it and see. But but do you think it's like going to be like a Shannon Bedore issue? Like Heather Gay has now had like two times last season in the uh, San Diego house when they were there, where she got wasted, got the black eye. Like, do we have to worry about like Heather Gay over drinking? Is this going to be a storyline? Like I now like kind of like get concerned about these ladies, especially after Shannon Bedore, you know, it's like, is this going to be something that she just imbibes a lot all the time on the show? You know, I'm going to say no. Okay. I, and I mean, like, who am I to, to be the judge here about whether someone's drinking has like veered into like scary territory. Well, but you I puked feel like into a Shannon, glass. I think you're good to, to, you can judge. Yeah. No, but we saw with, with Shannon that I feel like the signs were there and I feel like it had a lot to do with like her personal life and like just not being happy and just a lot of other things where yeah. I feel like Heather seems to be in a more stable place in my opinion. Um, and there's nothing that's indicated to me that's been like indicative that she has a problem other than that she gets shit based sometimes. Like it's never yeah. like been that big of an issue. I feel like with Shannon, it, it's been an issue for a long time now. Yeah. Oh, def- I mean, obviously, definitely. And I'm curious to see how Shannon, I'm curious to see if Shannon goes to BravoCon. I'm curious what, she, like, if she is going to go into, like, Jeff Lewis said she's going to go into outpatient rehab or what, you know, like kind of, so I'm curious what that actually looks like. But also what I was talking about this weekend is like, I truly root for Shannon Bedore and I root for a lot of these ladies. So I hope that she can see that she can really take this narrative and thrive if she actually gets help. Like I see the best version that Shannon Bedore can be. I know that sounds ridiculous, yeah. but I just think she could be really truly amazing but even like oc i was watching like news articles they all point to like even shannon bedore's tagline this season was like you better give me a tequila shot like her tagline even has alcohol in it yeah and listen i'm like the biggest shannon apologist like i want shannon to be okay i genuinely think that she's a great mom a great person like outside of being a great housewife like everything that i've seen of shannon like i like her I would be happy to have Shannon in my life to an extent, to an extent. I don't want to talk to her every day, but I, you know, it'd be nice to say hi every now and then. Yeah. Not every day. Not every day. No. But but yeah, no, I've always been a Shannon apologist. I want her to like get it together for sure. Um, Okay. As we start uh, winding down here, two more things. Real Housewives of New York. Are you watching still this season? Yes. I'm like all caught up on, on the season now. Yeah. And what do you think? I love Jessel. I love Jenna Lyons still. Jenna Lyons just like cracks me up. Dude, Jenna Lyons um, uh, DM'd me yesterday because I joked about uh, her performing at the Super Bowl with Usher. And she wrote me, she goes, can you imagine? And I was like, yes, Jenna Lyons. I can imagine you playing at the Super Bowl with Usher. And she oh laughed at that. But I was like, oh my God, Jenna Lyons. Because I don't really communicate with a lot of, I, you know, but, I, but Jenna Lyons, I was starstruck that she DM'd me. I was like, no. Oh my God. That's incredible. I yeah. love Jenna. Um, Sai is pointless to me. Um, Aaron and Uba, I think with their, with their fight, they were both kind of guilty. In the wrong. Yeah. I'm like, but Aaron's more no annoying in that fight. Aaron's more annoying. Um, hands down. Also was like weaponizing, weaponizing her like white tears, but also Uba wasn't innocent either. So I don't know. Yeah, they both are being annoying, but Aaron's definitely more annoying. I just love 
Jessel and Jenna. Like, build the show around them. I don't think Sai really brings anything, in my she, opinion. At least it, Aaron and Uba, like, they've been bringing the drama. At least as much drama. Oh, yeah. And then there's Bryn. Like, come on, Bryn. I do enjoy necklace. Bryn. I love stuff in my butt. Pussy. <laughs> Woo. I just think, like, by the way, she even says it's a bit to, like, get her way. I just don't think she should actually let us know that it's, like, we already know it's a bit. But for you to tell us that you know you're doing it, it kind of ruins it for me. It's like... Okay, so you just flirt with everybody. That's your thing. Uh, you know, I like her. She's really, she speaks in like, she belongs on the cast of Friends. I love stuff in my butt. Woo! <laughs> Woo! Put three fingers in. Yeah. Like it's, a, oh, Jenna, are we going to have sex, Jenna? Oh, Mrs. Bryn Lyons. Like, I feel like they need to make them hook up. Like, if you're going to keep it's- fucking teasing jenna about that you better just like go to town and hook up with her before the end of the season period i agree i would love to see that but i think with going back to like psychoanalyzing bravo stars i think with Bryn, it's obviously like a defense mechanism it's like something that goes back to her childhood i know she didn't have like the easiest childhood but like being like trying to be sexual all the time and like leading with like flirtation and like sex jokes all the time like there's something you need to like get to the root of that I hope she's like figuring that out in therapy because it's not normal and it was like cute and funny at first and I feel like all the viewers by now are kind of just like okay that's enough. Sai at the end of last week's episode told the women at the end that Jessel keeps these notes on everybody in her notes app. My boyfriend just brought me dude by the way Sophie's boyfriend is the best and he brought her like what looked like a glass of milk two weeks ago but it turned out it was like spiked eggnog I think and she would no it was like uh, spiked pina colada or something but mm-hmm. Sophie thought it was a glass of milk and he just did it again because he's the best boyfriend in the world wait no this time it literally is just a glass of milk because I feel like he's in on the joke now <laughs> it's literally just a glass of milk yes <laughs> all right okay we're winding down don't worry don't worry we're, we're, you're gonna have your lady back in one second but by the way my parents on their first date they had it's disgusting they both ordered a glass of milk at dinner it was a different time in Ohio but that's disgusting a big glass. They both ordered a big That's glass of milk. That's so Ohio. That's so Ohio, though. Like, it really yeah. is. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, so uh, so at the end of the, like, Cy says, I don't care if Jessel has any notes. I don't care. Well, we don't care about you, Cy. Your name should be spelled S-I-G-H, Cy, not Cy, because you're big and boring. But I will say, I just saw on Twitter, I saw somebody comment saying that, that Sai needs to talk about how she got her husband at the bar she worked at and her her husband owned the bar and was actually with another lady and she broke up that relationship. Isn't that crazy? I just That's saw true? that too. I just saw that too. Yeah. Yep. I don't like, know. I don't know. It sounds legit. Up- if that gets brought up, that to me is a great season two and makes me want Sai to be on the cast. But other than that, Sai is just responsible for like long-term hunger every episode and just being like bratty and annoying. And I hate, I hate creators talking about making content. You're already on a show. This is the content. I don't need content on top of content. This isn't Inception. Right. I don't care. Right. I agree. I agree. Uh, so I, I'm loving Roni. I can't wait to watch again tonight. And then uh, I was going to talk about Bethany Frankel because she did a big statement, but I just don't know. Like Bethany interviewed Nini this week, a two part interview. And I just, I love Nini. I thought Nini made some really good points. I just think Bethany Shay, like Bethany doesn't do anything for Nini's points. I just, Bethany's off the reservation for me and has been for a while. And it's hard for me to like, 
she actually tweeted and deleted or like Instagram posted and deleted this big explanation about a reality reckoning, not just for Bravo, but for herself as well. And I think all of this is just so self-serving. And if you had like even more therapy, you wouldn't need to do to this to us on a daily basis. Right. It's like, get help, get help. Yes. And also like pick a lane. Like, are you, you know, standing up for exploited, like, reality stars or are you trying to just stay in the limelight with your TikToks? Like, I just like, I don't understand what her shit is and I don't think she does either. I think she wants to talk about everything. I think she wants to be, well, it's like how you used to say Elon Musk, you know, it, it, he spent $44 billion to be uh, wanting to be a Twitter comedian. Like that's what he truly wanted to be. And I think Bethany yeah. for all these millions of dollars and all this power, she says she has at the end of the day, she wants to be us. She just wants to be shit talking uh, about us. And I just think that's the weird part of my mind that I can't, I'm like, who do you want to be the king of everything? Or do you want to comment on everything? Like what yeah. is it? But I don't think you're a reliable narrator anymore. So I kind of just put it to us. I, I just don't tune even, her out. yeah, I just don't even really kind of, yeah. I just tune her out. Like you said. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Um, you guys, I just also got a push alert that Taylor Swift is at the game. Daily Mail has pictures. She has her girl group there. She's with Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds and Sabrina Carpenter. Uh, so she's got a bunch of people. She's at the game. We're seeing photos of her walk into the stadium. Ryan Reynolds and uh, Blake Lively are flanking her. She's in the front and they're flanking her. So you guys tune into the NFL. I'm sure you already have at this point. Uh, Sophie's going to tune in. Um, and what else is going on for you this week? So, oh, by the way, Sophie's going to be a new mother this week. Are you allowed to talk about that? Oh yeah, but not this week. It's at the end of the month. At the end of the month, we're getting our puppy. So it will be an interesting adventure. And I've had dogs my whole life, but like my family dogs, this is like the first dog that I'm going to be responsible for. So I'm nervous, but like excited. That's really, really exciting. Hopefully you will not, uh, your boyfriend won't feed the dog milk on a regular basis. Um, and also go follow Sophie on uh, Twitter. You can super follow her there on Instagram. I'm uh, going to be pushing her every week to uh, keep writing more and more and more because I always know there's a book in there. And I'll be back in New York in a couple weeks and we'll be in studio. So we won't have any yeah, of these. Baby. Yeah, baby. Whales. We won't have any of these issues. Uh, but thank you guys so much for following and supporting both of us and for making this show a success. I really do appreciate it. Uh, it's been quite a journey this last couple of months. So uh, I'm glad to laugh with Sophie and laugh with you guys on a daily basis. So we will thank talk to you, you later. Guys. Thank we you. We love you, Ryan. Come to Brazil. <laughs> Come to Brazil. Okay. Okay, folks, are you still with me? That was Sophie Ross with the Pop Culture Roundup. And now we've got a bunch of pop culture news. I'll tell you some personal stuff, and then we'll go about our weeks. Now, remember, come back here pretty much every day to listen to all new episodes. Also, shout out to my Patreon Hey baddies, what's going on? We did a live Patreon on Friday night and it was a blast. Everybody was so fun in the chats and uh, it's really fun to do stuff like that. Um, it was a really busy, It's it's been a really busy last two weeks and, and to think about it, just an insane whirlwind of the last, I mean, you guys, how, how long has this been? Just this last year has seemed like it's gone on forever and it's interesting to come back up for air, but when you're coming back up for air, you're so bu busy doing all of this stuff and it's most of it's exciting, but it's really hard to kind of take stock, take a moment and really think about everything that's been going on. That's good, you know, because just every day I'm putting out new things. And so I've got to take a moment, take a breath, 
and really appreciate everything that's happening right now. But I think I'm kind of operating from a, a place of fear and nervousness and also, you know, deep trauma uh, still and, and uh, you know, thinking about my mom still so much. And, and hopefully I'll be thinking about her for until the end of time. Um, so, uh, yeah, anyways, Patreon, I wanted to let you know, I did a full Roni recap of last week's episode that was out on Saturday. I think I'm going to be doing a breakdown of NSYNC's new song, like a lyric by lyric breakdown. Cause I wanted to talk about their new song. I think that's going to be over on the Patreon as well. So if you want to join patreon.com forward slash so bad, it's good for all, for all the extra stuff, the good stuff, the stuff that's too hot. <laughs> no, no, could you imagine? It's just, it's just too hot for this podcast. Too hot. Um, let's see. So I got back from New York, uh, got back today, Sunday, uh, you know, was supposed to leave Friday, but the weather was so bad. And then, uh, no, sorry. was, yeah, I was supposed to leave Friday. I'm, I'm God, I'm, I'm really kind of blank. No, I was supposed to leave Saturday, Saturday. And then the weather was so bad. So postponed it to like 8am flight on Sunday. And then, so I was like, Oh, cool. And we went and saw uh, a musical, a Broadway musical. I finally got to see this musical. I'd wanted to, to see uh, Kimberly Akimbo at the booth theater. It won the Tony for best musical. As you guys know, I'm a theater nerd, uh, from, uh, from, you know, high school, you know, the old musical theater nerd, bit and i i love this musical kimberly akimbo so much if you get a chance to be in new york and see it i think it is well worth your time it is so so funny but also heartbreaking at times this bonnie milligan she won a tony for i think best supporting actress this uh this year but she plays the aunt in this and she was just hysterical the moment she took stage and i thought the set design was amazing i thought the songs were great all of the performances i went in cold i did not know what this musical was about i just knew that it won a bunch of tonys and everybody spoke really highly about it but it was great you know if you know that that's always been my dream is to be able to be in a place like new york and and check out i mean i grew up just with such a love of broadway it was just I mean, I just really, Broadway always meant so much to me. And, you know, the handful of times I would get to go to New York over the years, I'd always tried to see a Broadway show. Like I always talk about my mom took me for the first time when I graduated high school and we got to see two things. I saw Les Mis, the musical, and then I took her to Angels in America, uh, which was pretty much, it was a, a, t- a play that won Tony's Pulitzer, but it was pretty much about the AIDS crisis. And, you know, a lot of, and it was just very, uh, you know, my mom went on cold for that one. <laughs> I was like, mom, you're about to see something pretty intense potentially. Um, but every, you know, just the opportunity to be in New York and to get to see these things. And there's something different about a live performance, whether it be Taylor Swift or Beyonce or uh, your favorite musician, but to see, you know, Broadway, see plays and musical theater, you just appreciate it. It makes you feel alive. It makes you feel a part of something. And, and especially when they're talking about the human condition, which I think plays and musicals really sometimes get to the heart of. Uh, sometimes with musicals, I always was so bummed out. I never had a better voice in terms of singing because, you know, just with the, the, like one note, if a singer hits the right note with their tonality and, and all of the stuff that goes into that, you you'll cry. It can get you emotional immediately. And sometimes you know, when I, I was so jealous when I would just do theater and it would take a whole play for somebody to really feel the emotional weight of that show. But with a musical, 
you can just cry within a song. Like it's so powerful. There's such an allure to that. So I was so, and by the way, Joe Jonas uh, and his wife were there the night before was Priyanka. They were there the night before I miss Joe Jonas. I can't even believe it, but it was just truly amazing. I highly recommend that show, but New York was just filled with so many great, amazing things. I I was, uh, I think I told you guys already, I got to be in the audience for watch what happens live and do that, that, you know, with Jessel and Kate Chastain. And that was amazing to see Andy Cohen work. Um, truly just an amazing professional. I love seeing how things are put together and this did not disappoint me in the least. And listen, that's on my vision board. I want to be a bartender on watch what happens live one day. Hell, if I do something of note ever in my life, maybe I could work my way up to guest. I don't think it'll happen at this point, but I think there, you know, there could be a potential for bartender at some point. Come on, please. I just got to do, I'm like, what, what can I do? What do I have to run naked in the streets, you know, and have somebody pick it up on, you know, be a big TikTok. You know, hey, this crazy man's running through the streets and then I can be a bartender on Watch What Happens Live. Who knows? We'll have to workshop that. Uh, Also, being in the Betches offices was so cool. They've got such an amazing staff there. Everybody. Special thanks to, to Sean Kilby, who has been teaching me how to edit on a new program. And it is really touch and go because it's like learning a foreign language. And he was just so patient with me and so awesome. And he's such an enthusiasm for his job and really, really inspiring to work out and work with. And then uh, the video team was awesome. But uh, oh God, I saw this video today. We, we did man on the street interviews, which I think I was talking about with Sophie earlier. Then I saw it and I was like, you guys, I am the heaviest I've ever been in my life. I can just see the role. I mean, I'm just gross looking and it just bummed me out so much today when I saw it because I'm like, fuck, you know, it's like those things when you, when you, when you get opportunities and you, you want every, you might be ready inside, but then your body isn't ready for it. You know, you're like, oh, I wish I'd looked so much better for this, you know? So you're not even paying attention to the content. I'm just paying attention to how gross I look. And that was so frustrating to me. I'm way too open with you guys, but it killed me because then it like makes me want to crawl back into my shell and not try to do videos or anything because I'm already so nervous about that. You know, this is a different format. I get to talk to you guys. It's my voice. I'm comfortable with this. But like, you know, stepping outside of that comfort zone, it's really hard, you know, because I'm so, uh, I'm a pussy one. And two, I'm wildly insecure and, you know, you work, you know, my confidence has, has gotten brought up and up and up over the years, but still when you see those things and you just look like crap, you're like, Oh, Oh my God. Cause I want to keep doing stuff and trying new things, but I just feel, you know, you're just so even scared to read the comments. Cause you're just like, who's this gross this pig? What a gross looking big guy. Anywho, I know I have to get over that and blah, 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 but I gotta, I gotta start working out. Like I was, you know, I realized, you know, this year has been so tough and you know, it's not even, I've, I, I used to take things out on food, but as I get older, it's not even that I'm like eating insane anymore. It's just my body. I think the metabolism is slowed to like, just even like a turtle is faster than my metabolism at this point. And that's frustrating. And then, uh, you know, when all the mom stuff happened, like after she passed, I really did. I would just lay like, I mean, there was a lot of family stuff, but then I would just lay in one spot. There was not a lot of physical activity um, happening. There was in my mind, but I was, my body wasn't moving. So it's one of those things that's frustrating when you see a visual image of yourself and you're like, okay, gotta get a workout schedule again. 
got to start eating vegetables again. Listen, you know, just because you're going through something, it does, it's not like your body's like, well, well, then we're not going to gain any weight for you. We're going to make you look amazing. And it's, some people suffer trauma and it's like this, this weird diet for them. Their body just drops weight. Not me. I'm just, I'm like storing trauma right now in terms of like pounds on my body. Oh, I shouldn't. Uh, <laughs> anyways, we're going to, well, let's get to some pop culture stories. But anyways, it, it was a lovely two weeks. It was rainy a lot, which sucks. So we didn't get to really adventure. I can't wait. I'm taking my dad out there for his birthday um, as a gift in a couple months or in the new year, I'm going to take him. And I'm really excited about that for him to see it. And he loves musical theater and I'm really excited to have that adventure with him. So I have a couple days in LA, then I'm going back to Arizona to hang out with my dad. And I think this week I'm going to go to the house of villains premiere, uh, the new E show with Jax Taylor and New York from I love New York and Johnny Fairplay from, uh, from survivor and Johnny bananas from the challenge. They, they should all be there. And that's another thing when I hate how I look, I don't want to show up to these things, but you know what? Fuck it. I'll just be known as the guy that looks like, you know, the toxic Avenger and like a bump on a log, but I got to go. I got to experience these things. I got to meet new people. It's good for the show. Anywho. Also the rest of the week, we got great guests. We got Jack Osborne. We got selling the OC cast members. We'll do this. Oh, we'll do the salt Lake city recap, which I have such a blast with those. I hope you guys like me doing those. Um, So good stuff to come. I just wanted to share some personal stuff as I tend to do on these shows. So me and Sophie were talking about Beyonce earlier, and I told you the very beginning of the show, they have announced Beyonce, the Renaissance film. They showed the first two minute teaser at Beyonce's Renaissance concert in Kansas City tonight, which I believe was the last stop on her you know, tour her worldwide tour. And they knew that we all knew that they were filming, you know, she had been filming, she pays for the filming herself. We didn't know what they were going to do with that, but now we do just like Taylor Swift is doing with her eras tour premiering October 13th with AMC movie theaters. Beyonce is doing the same thing. December 1st, I just bought tickets to the IMAX showing in December in Los Angeles. So hopefully I'm here, but I had to buy them because they were already selling out in IMAX. And I was like, I couldn't get tickets to Beyonce. I couldn't do it. And it was too much craziness happening with my mom to be able to do it. But I, you're, I'm, I'm going to sit my fat ass in those movie theaters and just have the best time watching Beyonce. The trailer looked amazing. The trailer you should be able to watch today. I just watched like found footage from her concert where they played the two minute trailer. So we'll see. But I just think it's so exciting. What a good way to save the movie industry. You know, if we're not packing those theaters with movies that people want to see we've got to have movie theaters survive i i mean it's just it's for me we've got to have movie theaters survive i think it's such an important uh part of the american experience of our history cinema is one of our greatest exports and i want theaters to survive and we need to start getting uh you know we need to start getting new ideas in there so if it's going to be a concert film with two of the top artists of all time beyonce and taylor swift if that's what's going to get people to the movie theaters then so be it hell yeah that's exciting my i've been talking about this for years you guys on this show we need to show old housewives episodes could you imagine watching vanderpump rules scandal on a big imax screen fuck yes Make a communal experience out of it. That's what's so great about TV right now. It's a communal experience. We watch these shows. We podcast about these shows. We go on Twitter and threads and and Instagram. We post about these shows. 
that's excitement. And we need to bring that same excitement back to movies. And sometimes it hits like with Barbie or Oppenheimer or Barbenheimer, but we need more of those. We need to make this, make this undeniable again. We need to also teach our kids. I don't have any kids. I'm fairly positive, but we need to let them know what a great, you know, our attention spans have just gone down and down and down and they have these phones glued to our hands, you know, the kids with the TikTok and the YouTube and all of that stuff, but we need to try to improve. I just, I love it. I love that I'm at that place where I'm like the old man, like screaming about films. You know, my parents screamed at me about like taking out the trash and I'm like, you got to watch movies, kids. How dare you? You don't know the band you too. What the hell is wrong with you kids? Come on. Old Papa Ryan needs movie theaters. to. <laughs> God, what, is... what happened to my voice as an old man? It started becoming Southern. Like what happened, kids? I'm Cora Gamble and Yellowstone. I got my chaps on. Anyways, I think it's really exciting. So go buy your tickets to a Beyonce movie, to a Taylor Swift movie. And I love that Beyonce is the director of her own movie. And the cool thing about the trailer, we were wondering if it was just going to be the concert itself. But you'll see in the trailer, there is so much behind the scenes footage. I am such a nut for documentary behind the scenes footage of a pop culture event. I think sometimes those are the best documentaries out there. Um, so I'm just very, you can tell I'm very, very excited. Okay. So what else is in the news? This is interesting because I just did a Roni recap, like I said on Patreon, but, um, I, I keep thinking that Jenna Lyons is like a one and done housewife, not because she sucks. I think she's wildly fascinating. I just keep saying that I don't think she needs this. She has this well-respected career. And does she really want to play in the housewife sandbox? Because it's intense. We're intense as a fandom. And, uh, you know, sometimes when you have actually real, real gigs, and I'm not talking about like influencer stuff, I'm talking about real products, working with real collaborations with artists and fashion like Jenna Lyons does. Do you want to do you want to then do a second season of a show where you're going to get painted into corners that potentially is going to bring out the worst in you? Which we love that for a lot of these ladies. It, I mean, it, it's, it, you know, we're such fans of them, but Jenna Lyons is a very curious case. And I think she helped launch the first season, but I really don't know if she's going to continue. And anyways, uh, she said this on Evan Ross Katz's podcast. I love Evan Ross Katz. He's a dream guest of mine, uh, but I, I, he has a podcast called Shut Up, Evan. But I, his writing is just so top notch. He's always just so on it. I, a real hero of mine. And, uh, she tells him, she quotes, I don't want it to become my defining moment. And it's tricky because I had a career prior to this, a relatively large one. And I don't want this to become my calling card. At the same time, I've become well aware that this is a very large, very visible and very passionate show. I actually can't believe how obsessed people are. And I think she says as a, as a compliment, but I think the interesting part of that is I don't want it to become my defining moment being a housewife. I had a career prior to this, a relatively large one, and I don't want this to become my calling card. And I think that is so, she hits that nail on the head because you don't want to be remembered. Like if you have that real career that people are in awe of you, and I don't mean us, the audience, but people collaborators and what you did for fashion and things like that, that's real. That's a solid foundation. Do you want then to, you know, as you get older and older to throw in, oh, she's the girl that uh, got hit because uh, she hit her, she hid somebody's phone. 
You know, like, or she got so wasted, she pissed herself and then puked herself in a sprinter van. Do you even want to put that risk out there? I think there's something interesting for celebrities that are already out there is how much do you want to share of your personal life? And if you don't have to, why would you? That's the big question. And also, Bethany Frankel, she's really frankling her little Frankel off this week. Uh, I'll read her four-page statement that she posted on Instagram, probably in Tuesday's episode, because I just don't have the heart to do it right now. Uh, but it seems like, you know, for Bethany Frankel, you know, the the show launched her in a lot of ways. I mean, I think Bethany would have gotten to of some notoriety because TikTok would have been invented and she would have kept talking on there at some point. But Housewives really helped her brand, Skinny Girl, which I think is interesting because she talks about beauty standards for women and all of this stuff. And she was even talking about that with Nene. I'm like, girl, you fucking had a brand called Skinny Girl that you pushed. Bravo didn't come up with that name. You did. You pushed unhealthy beauty standards. Skinny Girl? Are you? There's nothing more unhealthy than that. I love people that point out inconsistencies with people and corporations, but they take no personal responsibility for themselves. None. There is no personal responsibility for any role that Bethany has played. So it seems like she's becoming awakened to something that she feels that misaligned her in a lot of ways, but it's a personal reckoning. And that's how this comes off when I read her statement after statement after statement after statement and her TikTok or TikTok or TikTok. I mean, all of that stuff, it just be, it, it come, it becomes more clear that it's a personal vendetta and not something out of deep concern for anybody else because she's self-hating in a lot of ways. And I feel she really, truly hates a lot of these women that she is forced to talk to. Now, people like Nini is different because I think Nini's on the Mount Rushmore. So she is commanded and deserves respect. And so I think Bethany is in awe of that and she wants to not steal people's shine, but co-opt it in a lot of ways. Even Rachel Raquel, the artist formerly known as Raquel. I mean, she wanted that interview. I don't think she deeply respects Rachel, but I think she deeply respects the power that that interview could do for her agenda with what she was wanting to do with Bravo. But like we talked about last week, Bravo now, NBC Universal is instituting stricter policies. In fact, Gary King from Below Deck uh, Sailing Yacht, he has now been removed quietly from the BravoCon lineup. I I read because remember there was a, a, a worker on below deck sailing yacht that made some accusations against him. And I'm like, if those are true and I believe they are, yeah, he shouldn't be celebrated for that. He shouldn't be, you know, these things should be taken seriously. Hell yes. I don't think any of us fans are going to argue that. And it's a shame because Gary is so entertaining. He truly is, but this is not something that should be encouraged or any of that stuff. But Bethany then in this, now I'm actually talking about the letter. What frustrates me is she's like, well, they've put in a couple things about drinking in this, but it's not good enough. And I'm, I love that. It's, it's never going to be good enough. You'll see that it's never going to be good enough. And I think we still don't have a very clear, concise thesis statement from Bethany, except for people are being used. I'm not getting paid enough. I deserve more. But there's not a real clear thesis statement because you can't have somebody, a corporation, and I hate that I'm even standing up for a corporation. You can't have a corporation say, okay, we're going to start instituting even stricter policies and then go, um, okay. And then a week later go, nope, not good enough. Nope. Uh, yeah. You know, I thought about not good enough. Do you, do you understand? Does that make sense? Or do I sound like a crazy person? Don't answer that. You guys, I'm in a very delicate place right now. <laughs>
I don't know. I have so many thoughts and emotions, but also I just start to tune out because I do care sometimes for my own mental health. And I just realize it's the same pattern again and again and again and again. It's Trumpian in a way. And I'm not getting political, but there is a certain thing. If you study media and pop culture, which I believe even Trump is a part of, there is a certain thing he gets to, you know, he stays in that news cycle. He stays having people talk about him. And it's because he'll say something wildly batshit crazy and we all talk about it. And it's the same with Bethany. I'm talking about her now. It works. I think the thing that I will, I, I say to I'm blue in the face now on this show is what, what scares me is that I used to remember when pop culture was really, truly the love of pop culture of trying to be the best you can be in your specific art form. And now it seems to be, be the best, but if you can't be the best, be the worst. It's the same attention. It's the same eyeballs. It's the same amount of heat. It's just negative. We've now turned negative attention into some kind of positive moneymaker. And that is weird to watch. I don't know. Just that's all I got to say about that. Anywho, I will say at Watch What Happens Live, I, I saw that episode with Jessel and Kate Chastain live. And they had that point of like, uh, you know, I think the question from Andy was like weird, like what's the the worst housewife or something. And Jessel was like, oh, I think it's Bethany. Bethany seems like she's gone off the rails. And Kate Chastain agreed. And I was there in the audience. And I said this on my Patreon the other day. I said, there's no way. I really didn't think they would keep that line in because I was shocked that Jessel said it. But also when Jessel said it, I like I was staring at Andy Cohen the entire time because listen, I'm a straight dude. Don't pass that around. But I have the biggest crush on Andy. Andy makes me wish I was like a skinny wayfish model dude because I think I would let it. I would let him hit it. I would. He would be the guy. I, I love that man so much. I'm like, eh, if it makes Andy happy, I'll let him poke around and see what's what. <laughs> but I was watching him that entire time because I just I'm so impressed uh, uh, with him as like a host and to keep things moving. But he had zero reaction when Jessel said that and when Kate agreed, like not even a laugh, not even that. I was like, oh, shit. And people were like, yeah, because it was a set up thing. I don't think it was a set up thing. Like I knew he, he knew he was going to ask that, but I genuinely thought like his non-reaction showed me that it was really not set up by them because he did look. You could tell he, he didn't seem mad, but he seemed kind of like, I'm not going to play into this at all because usually you could be like, oh shit. Oh snap. Okay. Okay. Interesting. What about you, Kate? Just no reaction. And he moved on immediately. So I thought it was going to be cut out, but it wasn't. So that was interesting. And now we're going to probably have to watch three TikToks from Bethany all about that comment. So, okay, moving on. Uh, Sunday nights. This is why I'm late because Sunday nights, uh, wild night on television. You got your 90 day fiance. Uh, I believe tonight, Sunday night's 90 day fiance is the other way. No, it's probably not. No, it was before the 90 days. Like I always say, we just need to institute it's Sunday night, 90 day or Monday night, 90 day. Like we, we, it's too many titles for my poor brain to keep up with, but Sunday night, 90 day, they were on the second part of their tell all their form of the reunion and their reunions just not, are not great. And what shocks me is that these, these guys are also like wild, which by the way, shout out to Ingrid and Mary Payne and the reality gays. They were all in New York last week for the 10th anniversary of 90 day fiance, which I'm so livid that I did not try to get into that. I didn't even know what was happening. And then I found out those guys were there and I was texting with uh, Ingrid, Mary Payne's producer for uh, Pink Shade. And 
which by the way, you should listen to Pink Shade. You should listen to Reality Gaze. Just so much goodness. But they were all there and they were like, oh, uh, come meet up afterwards at um, Pastis, which has the best French onion soup ever. But I, it was a working night and next day I had like three interviews. So I had to pass. But I was like, oh my God, I wish my show covered 90 Day more so I could try to get invited to things like that. They met all those crazy characters. They were all there. Big Ed and all, I mean, you know, Oh my God, Gino with the hats. Like they were all there in that space, which was a, a nice place at the standard in New York. And I was like, they let all those crazy 90 day people in there. But the reunions, it's it's batshit because, you know, I have a very clear take on these characters. And I think we, a lot of us have the same clear take, but the other cast members, the take they have on each other is batshit. Like they'll be like, you know, just something obvious of like, um, Gino, I don't think that you, you know, uh, I can't even get, I'm getting frustrated. Anyways, they just always have the wrong takes about each other and it's very frustrating and I don't trust any of them and they all scare, they scare me to death. They, they should not be able to procreate. There's only a handful. Do you remember when we used to root for people on these shows? Do you remember that? We used to root for couples and I don't mean on 90 day fiance, but reality shows in general, you would root for people like even this season of love is blind season five on Netflix. They aired episodes five, uh, four, five, six, and seven, right? Five, six, and seven this uh, Friday, and then eight, nine, and 10 come out this Friday. And I watched the three new episodes and it was like, I don't root for any of these people. I don't root for any of them. And we've got to get back to a place where you root for a couple of people. And that's why I'm loving the first episode of ABC's The Golden Bachelor with Gary, who I've mentioned now a couple of times on this show, because I root for him. You got to have a solid person that we love so much. That's why I think um, if you guys have not seen Amazon's uh, jury duty, the lead guy, Ronald, who the whole thing, you know, it's being set up. He doesn't know that he's not on a real jury. The whole show is just brilliant. You should watch it if you haven't watched it. We had a couple of the actors on the show months and months ago. My friend Trisha, who I love. But why that show worked is that Ronald, we really believed in him. He was innocent and he was nice and he was caring. So you rooted for him. You need those people that you root for. And then all the people around that person can be crazy and wacky and all of that stuff. But you need people to root for. You need to have a couple of people that you can hang your hat on that you truly want good things for. And it kind of goes to my point earlier about what I was saying about Bethany is that negative reaction is just the same set of eyeballs. And it's the same, like you still get money if people are talking about you negatively that you do positively. And I hate that. I, I want people to make money because they're good people and because we do root for them and we want good things for them. And I want more of that in television. I mean, in my best days, I want that, you know, when I'm miserable, I'm like, everybody can fucking, oh, they're all monsters. Anywho, so 90 Day Fiance, I watched that. And then I got to watch Sister Wives, which is just truly the last two seasons have been amazing. But I always say it's like a different beat. It's like a different jazz rhythm. It's slower. You got to really invest in these women and Cody, which I don't think he's a man worth investing in. But it is wild. These ladies all splitting up this polygamous marriage family you know, they, I mean, Sister Wives has like 18 seasons. They're not long seasons, but 18 seasons. And people have watched these marriages just dissolve over those 18 seasons because Cody is a toxic male. He truly is a toxic male. 
He just does not seem to get it. And a lot of these women, it's almost like they, you know, they've been kidnapped in a certain way. They're, they're hostages that start to love their captor in a sense. And certain women, they're breaking out now, like Christine and, and, and Janelle. And, and they're realizing like this Cody, what a joke. You know, they're like, they're finally waking up after years and years and having a family with this man. It's so weird. And this poor Cody, Cody cares about keeping those tendrils of hair on his head more than he does a lot of his kids. Like this man, I've never seen somebody pay this much attention to their hair since Liberace. Like it is wild. He has these tendrils of hair, folks, and it doesn't fool me and it doesn't fool you guys because he has these two tendrils. He puts you know, like it just kind of hangs over the right and left side of his forehead. And it kind of gives the illusion that he has this full rock star head of hair. But then if you get an angle from the left or the right, you see that he's completely balding and most of his head. So here's my plan. We need to get him. We need uh, to, um, you know, distract him. And then we need to cut those two tendrils off and then it's game over. This guy, all of his power is in those two tendrils. It's the Horcrux. The Harry Potter Horcrux, though the power comes for those tendrils. If we can get those two tendrils off his head, I think he'll be a nicer person overall. <laughs> so you watch that, right? I watched that. I watched Roni this week, which by the way, the gay bar that Jenna Lyons and Bryn went to, that gay bar was right around the corner from where I've been staying the last two weeks. I walked, I passed it every day. I couldn't believe, I was like, Wow. I can't believe I saw that place. And that's where they just had Roni tonight. The gay bar scene with Jenna Lyons and Bryn. Oh my God. Somebody called me. I was on Melissa Gorga's podcast uh, last week, which I loved. I mean, I fucking was losing my mind. I got such a kick out of that. I really did. I got a kick out of meeting Joey Gorga. I loved it. And then somebody was like, yeah, I listened to that. I can't believe it. You fangirled and you were thirsty. And I'm like, fangirl? I am a fangirl. Are you kidding me? Wait, were you not clear that I'm not a fangirl? Are you kidding me? And it was like, and I was like, you can not like my takes. That's totally fine. But you're not, I'm not going to get it. You're not going to get an argument about out of me about fangirl. No. And thirsty, I don't know. I, well, thirsty, if thirsty is like wanting this show to do good and wanting to take every opportunity and being genuinely excited to talk to people that I've been watching for like 16 seasons, fuck yeah, I'm thirsty. I, I, I was really, I try to take comments with a grain of salt, but also like take them with a set of serious, like a little bit of seriousness. You want to kind of really see what people are saying. And that one was just like, yeah, I, I just, I'm a fan. I'm definitely a fan girl. I hope we're on the same page about that. Are you kidding me? Um, anywho. So, so I watched the sister wives and then tonight, Sunday night, last week, tonight, John Oliver, uh, it's a weekly show on HBO Max or Max as it's called now. And it's been off for the last five months because of the Writers Guild strike. And now the Writers Guild strike is over. So talk shows are coming back and his form of shows, variety shows are back. And he had a 38 minute episode tonight that he covered the last five months in the first 10 minutes. And I just thought it's fucking fantastic. John Oliver is somebody that just puts such a smile on my face you know, I just think he is hysterical the way he communicates, the way he alliterates. His writing staff is just so dead on. He makes me so happy. And I was so happy to have him back. But I will. This is my old man bone to pick with HBO Max or Max. David Zaslov, the president of this whole company, who I think is just a buffoon in a lot of ways, unless you want to hire me, David, then I'm going to be thirsty. <laughs> 
what I hate is that you go to the Max thing. And now HBO Max, you know, it used to be HBO was the primary thing. But now Max, it's like HBO. You got 90 Day Fiance and Sister Wives. They're on that streaming app. You got Dr. Pimple Popper. So you have these prestige shows like Last Week Tonight, Succession, Insecure, all of this stuff, like really good stuff. And then, like I said, you have Dr. Pimple Popper right next to it. No offense to Dr. Pimple Popper. I love pimples. I love popping. But I'm sorry. It shouldn't be 90 day. The last resort should not be <laughs> right next to Sopranos. It just shouldn't. <laughs> and I'm very passionate about this. So anyways, I knew last week tonight was coming back because of a tweet. And I go because I know it should be on the, the HBO Max. It's not even on the front page. I go there tonight, not even on the front page. This is a show that wins the Emmy every year, this show, Last Week Tonight. Not even on the front page. I have to type in, not L, because you didn't come up with L. I had to put in last, and then it finally came up. And then it was like, new episode. You should be screening that on your front page. You should let like one of the 90-day iterations of the 30 they have right now go further down on the screen so you can promote new things. Are you ashamed of Last Week Tonight? And then I went in there. And I noticed they only have the last, they have like season nine and season 10. (coughs) We're in season 10 right now. They only have those two seasons available for streaming right now. Where's the first fucking eight seasons? The promise of streaming is turning into a big fart fest because we were promised that we had access to everything that it was, you know, our, our audio visual Spotify for TV and film. And then they just take away things. Like we can't watch those first eight seasons. I'm sure we'll have to pay for it on Amazon. Grumpy old man Bailey is mad. Anywho, last week tonight, loved it. Okay, let's get into, um, let's talk Love is Blind. Okay, so Love is Blind season five. The next three episodes aired this past weekend. Did you guys watch? Are you into it? Like I said, I don't root for anybody, but there's a couple of things worth talking about because as any of these shows batshit crazy, but you have, you have a couple of, uh, characters mainly let's first talk about JP and Taylor. Now JP and Taylor met in the pods. They dig each other, right? They promise to spend the rest of their lives together. He asks her to marry him. She says, yes, they go to Mexico like they do on this show and they get to see each other for the first time. And then this JP um, this JP, I keep wanting to call him JT too many JP and JTs lately. He won't stop wearing American flag apparel. And I, you know, like it, it and, and like, listen, I love America, but I have like, I think one old Navy shirt with the American flag on it. And then I'm like, you know what? I'm good on that. This guy incorporates it into every one of his wardrobes and he's not trying to be like funny or ironic. He's just like, it truly seems to be a part of his personal style and to each their own, right? I wear a lot of like Batman shirts, but this guy overdoes it. And then he kind of clams up out of the pods. And I always, I'm like, is he just drunk? Is he drunk? It's like that kind of thing with the thousand yard stare where you're like, is this guy about to pass out? Is he wasted? But I don't think he is. I think this is how he acts. And Taylor, his girl, she's freaked out because he doesn't really talk. And then it gets to a point where he has a conversation where he does start talking because she's makeup free that's on their bed, makeup free. And she goes, he's like, I think, I think you look good, you know, this way, you know, like when you, when I saw you in the pod, you were like wearing makeup and it's just like too much. It's like too much. Like I want you like this way. And, um, 
yeah, I just don't like you with makeup. It was so ridiculous. It was poorly spoken. It was so weirdly misogynistic. And he kind of thought he was like, well, I think most girls would like if I said something like that. And it was like, let people look how they fucking want to look. But the way you deliver, and that's your big reason why you're not talking because she's wearing too much makeup. I like you playing like this. Yeah. Can I touch your boobs now? It was so dumb. This guy is just the worst. And he would be the worst if there wasn't other characters like Uche. Now, Uche was with this girl, Aaliyah, but then there's this other girl, Lydia, that turns out he dated in his real life, and they just happened to both be there on Love is Blind Season 5. And this Lydia now is with this really tall young kid named Milton. I'm really painting a great picture for this show. Tall kid named Milton, but... Um, Aaliyah got freaked out because Lydia would like kept talking about Uche to Aaliyah in the pods and was like, well, I know this about him. I know he drives this. I know he likes this whiskey. I know this, this, this. And she got freaked out. She's like, why don't you just be with him then? And she left the experiment, which I love. They always call love is blind an experiment. I'm like, it's an experiment for me too. In, um, what am I doing with my life? But so she leaves, Aaliyah leaves, and Uche's like, what? And then the new episodes, they pick back up where Uche's doing a talking head, and they call Aaliyah, and he's like, why'd you leave? And she clearly explains why she leaves. And this dude was gaslighting Aaliyah in the other episodes. I don't like how he talks to women. I just don't, whether it be Lydia or Aaliyah. And by the way, Lydia seems like there's some issues going on there. I'm going to be honest about that. Seems very, I feel like we don't really know the honesty about their actual relationship, but whatever. She's with Milton now. So then, then she he's talking to Aaliyah on the phone in this talking head, and he's like scolding her. He's like, and you just left? We promised to be together for the rest of our lives, and you just left Aaliyah? Like already yelling at her. He's just so like, I know the right way. That typical male bullshit behavior that we, and I do it too, that I know what's best. I mean, I'm doing it on this show right now, <laughs> but you know, it's so frustrating to watch because it comes off so domineering and so my way or the highway. And this poor girl is actually telling somebody how she feels and she is getting scolded for it. I mean, in the first batch of episodes, she had like talks to him about this painful, like painful time in her life where she did cheat on her boyfriend. And he scolds her. He scolds her about that. I'm like, oh, gross. I can't be with somebody who does that. She was being honest. And then it turns out this Uche was a cheater too. And you have the balls to scold Aaliyah? And then Lydia. So Lydia and Uche, they fight later in these new episodes. But this Milton guy who's with Lydia, he's like way younger. He's like 27 or 26. And he's like, oh, I guess if I'm married, I can't be out till four in the morning playing Xbox with my boys. And she was like, I mean, sure you can. Yeah, you can. But then they get out. He's just so young. He's he's not ready for any type of marriage. So we've got three more episodes of this, this coming up Friday. And it just, it doesn't look good. It looks like love is going to stay blind and not uh, together in real relationships. I don't think any of these relationships are going to work. Now, moving on to The Golden Bachelor. The Golden Bachelor. I, like I keep saying, this thing had my heart. A couple of funny things about The Golden Bachelor is that this thing was an hour. You know how all like The Bachelor now are like two to three hours? It's ridiculous. This Golden Bachelor, I think since they're all old, they feel like we don't have enough time with like, they don't know how much time they have. Let's make it an hour show. Let's, it's ridiculous. Because for one time, I wanted a show to be two hours and this thing was an hour. 
I was like, damn it. Why there's, but Gary, the golden bachelor, he's 72 years old. And immediately we meet him in the beginning. Like we meet all of the bachelors and he's just so charming. And he's telling us his story. He slips in his hearing aids. You know, most of the time, like when we see the bachelor, like they're sipping on a protein shake in the morning, this guy's putting in his hearing aids. And I'm like, I'm, I'm fully in, I'm fully in. And he tells this beautiful story, you guys, about his wife that he was with for 43 years and that they had a really happy marriage. And we see all sorts of pictures. Also, if you see these pictures, it's interesting. His wife, um, what's her name? She, uh, his his wife, Tony, she has like a glamour shot that we see, like he's holding the frame, looks like a lovely woman. But we see these pictures of them as a couple through the years because they were high school sweethearts. And I'm telling you, this Gary, this Gary seems like he got like looking like Harrison Ford all of a sudden in the last four years. Because before in the earlier pictures, he looked just like an average dude. Now he I mean, he legitimately I, I, I was like, dude, this guy could get anybody. This guy's like really good looking. But it's just interesting. So maybe I'm going to get like stunning looking in my 70s. Maybe that's the decade. It's all going to come into place for me. <laughs> Anywho, he's talking about this beautiful relationship with his uh, his ex-wife who passed away. They got their dream home. They retired. And then within a month of getting this dream place, Tony passed away from a bacterial infection and we see him cry about it. And it's just, and especially right now with all the stuff with my mom, I just kept thinking about my dad and I kept thinking, you know, and he has like, he has these lovely daughters and he just seems so genuine and so much that he wants to find you almost believe like, cause I don't believe it when it's younger people anymore, when they're like the, the love of my life is in this room tonight. I'm like, hey, bullshit. You're the love of your life. That's what you're talking about. Like, I just don't buy it anymore. I'm like, you know, you're, the love of your life is Instagram and the followers you hope to get, but this is different. Like I'm, I'm I was fully in because I just bought it. I was like, this guy truly is thinking that his potential that he might have a second shot at love. He talks about the concept of laying down next to somebody at night and just that feeling where you can be quiet and silent with another person and being loved that, that way. And I just thought that was such a beautiful sentiment and so true. And that's what I love to get back to on these shows are like the real feelings and trying to really buy into persons like this person really wanting to see if this experiment works for him. I loved that. I loved it. And, uh, I was just emotionally hooked. Now it does fall into the same tropes that it's normal bachelor. You know, you have the ladies presenting themselves out of the limo. People are doing some silly stuff. He seems genuinely enthused about each one of these ladies. Also in the very beginning, the music choice, they played cat Stevens, the wind, like I listen to the wind, but it falls far below. Like tears. I'm like, tear lady. <laughs> Where I wind up, only God really knows. It's just, oh, I was just a mess in the first five minutes. I was just a mess. And it was an only an hour. I will say, I did notice a couple of things when they do the rose ceremony at the end, it was like daylight. I'm like, is it like, does everybody go to bed early? So they did the ceremony in the morning. I was like, and it also looked like they were, he was drinking orange juice and that they were potentially toasting with milk, milk, a big theme of this show today. So there were a couple of things that I found silly in that way. Also a lady made jokes that like, well, we can't get pregnant. We've all gone through menopause. And I thought that was a real barn burner for me. 
um, one of the ladies who got the first impression rose, like whipped out a guitar and started playing a song. But it's interesting. I really want to know. That's why two hours, because I really want to know these ladies' stories, these women's stories. I'm fully in. Now, I read a couple of reviews of The Golden Bachelor, and they were like, oh, same old shit. Da, da, da. I just don't I don't feel the same way. And maybe it's because I haven't watched The Bachelor franchise in a hot minute, but I was fully in. And also, I kept thinking of Bill Bailey, my dad, as the next Golden Bachelor. It'll be a couple years from now, but maybe. Oh, oh my God. He would just get so drunk the first date and just puke over everybody like Heather Gay. But I'm in. Did you guys like The Golden Bachelor? I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. Okay, let's end on some Bravo news, folks. We've got... uh, We've got Real Housewives of Potomac. I talked about the trailer on one of Friday's episodes, I think. I also talked about the Kardashian season premiere. I want to, there, guys, just dip around all those episodes. I've talked about pretty much everything this past week, but that Potomac trailer is great. And what's going to be so crazy for us as Bravo fans, that first week in November is stacked. We've got Real Housewives of Potomac. We've got Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, and we've got the new season of Real Housewives of Miami. How do they expect us to have time with our families as it approaches the holiday season? What is going on? It's too much. And it's going to be BravoCon weekend. I'm going to have to take notes or something, pay attention to these shows. But as a Bravo lover, we are going to be getting fed in that first month. So much stuff coming back. Now, remember, Real Housewives of Miami is not premiering on Peacock this time. It is going to be over on Bravo first. So it'll be interesting to see if that works or not, that experiment. And I hope it does um, because I genuinely just love that show and I want it to be successful. Um, Also... What they talked about in the Real Housewives of Potomac trailer, or they hinted at, that Mia and Gordon were having problems. Well, the news came out this weekend that Mia and Gordon are separated and headed for divorce. That is official. And that Gordon also reached out to Candace and Giselle, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Candace said this in an interview and tried to give information about Mia to Giselle so Giselle could use it against her in the show, which is like, oh my God. Some of these men, like I tell you, they're more housewives than the housewives that they're with. Like they are bigger housewives. Like like I said to Melissa last week, Joey Gorg is my favorite housewife on Real Housewives in New Jersey. Just dramatic as all heck. Also, Mauricio confirms his separation with Kyle. Uh, he did a walk and talk TMZ uh Thing where he finally did confirm the separation um, and also said nothing was going on with Kyle and Morgan Wade, the country singer. Now, Kyle got uh, paparazzi'd uh, yesterday and Kyle just said, uh, they're like, hey, do you have any comment about your relationship with Morgan Wade? And she just said no. So we'll see. Now, also, Kyle said on an Amazon Live, which, by the way, Amazon Live seemed like the most dramatic place now to announce information. You're on Amazon Live selling stuff, and you usually then get like these little tidbits about Bravo shows. But Kyle said the trailer is supposedly coming this week. She thinks. She doesn't know for sure. They don't really keep her in the loop in that way, but she's really scared for it. And I find that interesting because she doesn't know how it's all going to get edited together. So it's going to be new for her as well. Imagine that. Put yourself in that situation, and that's got to be a little scary not having control of your narrative potentially um so that's some interesting fun bravo news we've got tons of that coming uh and also this was interesting stevie nicks was at madison square garden on sunday and she announced that mattel is releasing their first barbie stevie nicks doll 
do I need to start collecting Barbies? I feel like I'm like two steps away from that anyways, but a Stevie Nicks Barbie consider. Yeah. I want a Stevie Nicks like gypsy Barbie. Are you kidding me? Can I have a Lindsay Buckingham Barbie too? And then they can like fight and sing silver Springs like time put a spell on you, but you not let me. Could you imagine that as an old man playing with Barbies singing silver Springs? The sad thing is I said, can you imagine that? And I think we could all genuinely imagine that. Uh, and finally, just uh, further information about uh, Taylor Swift at the Chiefs game. She was drinking vodka cranberry, which is amazing. Taylor Swift, you know, you would think Taylor Swift, you know, close to being a billionaire, she would just be drinking like gold, just li- liquid gold. She drinks just basic stuff like I used to in college. Like, I'm like, are you going to drink a whiskey sour next? Like, it's amazing. Also, she, like I said earlier, she was there with Ryan Reynolds and his wife, Blake Lively, but also Hugh Jackman came and hung out with Ryan Reynolds. They seem like buddy, buddy, because they're filming the new Deadpool movie that Ryan Reynolds stars in. And Hugh Jackman's Wolverine plays a part in that. Now, they had to stop filming. They already started filming for a couple of weeks, had to stop filming because of the actor strike. And that's still they go back to the negotiating table today, which let's cross our fingers Artificial intelligence, very dangerous. So let's hope we get a good contract as actors. But the other person that was with them that's very interesting is director Sean Levy, who's directing Deadpool. Now, that further kind of pushes this rumor that's been out there that Taylor Swift is going to be in the new Deadpool movie as the character Dazzler. Now, if you're a true geek like I am, I remember Dazzler. Dazzler had a Marvel comic back in the day, a really unpopular character, and she's made fun of a lot. But, you know, she, I the rumor is that Taylor Swift is going to show up as Dazzler in Deadpool. What is this, three or four? But, I mean, yeah, I could see it. Sean Levy, the director's there. Hugh Jackman's there. Ryan Reynolds there. Taylor Swift is with them. I could totally see Taylor Swift in a Deadpool movie. I mean, that's the only thing. Taylor Swift's era's concert film is going to do huge box office. But Taylor Swift as an actor, she was in that movie Amsterdam a couple of years ago. She was in the movie Cats a couple of years ago. She's done movie things here and there, but nothing's been insanely popular and well-received. Like Cats was just a universal bomb for being such a huge musical blockbuster. So it'll be curious if Taylor Swift can get her own blockbuster under her belt that doesn't have to do where she's like playing Taylor Swift. Kind of like Kim Kardashian in American Horror Story Delicate. Folks, that is our world of pop culture today. Join us tomorrow and all week for new episodes. Join us on the Patreon for more than that. And I just love you guys so, so much. Thank you for giving me a purpose. Thank you for carrying me when it has been hard to carry myself. Uh, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Uh, make sure you you follow, like, you know, do all the things to support this that you can. And thank you to Maritza and Sandra and... Uh, Hi, Dad, if you're listening. Hi, guys. So Bad It's Good is a Betches Media production. The show is hosted and produced by me, Ryan Bailey, with Meditza Lopez and Sandra Fryer. Additional support provided by Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Rebecca Steinberg. Guest booking by Ali Friedlander. Video promotion by Laura Valencia. Be sure to send us your emails at SoBadIt'sGoodWithRyanBailey at gmail.com and follow the show at SoBadIt'sGoodWithRyanBailey on Instagram. And for additional craziness, go to Patreon.com forward slash SoBadIt'sGood. Stay bad, baddies. Betches.